0: You're easy listening. Settle down on the pillows soft. When they've all gone home, you can concentrate on the ones you love. You can concentrate. Hey, now they have gone. But if they follow you.
1: Up to combat. Gotta keep this ship afloat. Yeah, these, these, these beautiful vocal
2: cords I have. Just a voice made for broadcasting. Definitely <laughs> have the face for it, but not the voice. You and me both.
1: Alright, I'll get Lucas on here.
2: He's all ready. He's ready to go. Cool.
1: Hey, man, I, I planned on being two drinks in already, and just didn't happen.
2: Yeah, I think you're just trying to fuck with me, basically. You're trying to get me good and fucking drunk and turn <laughs> me on.
1: Whatever it takes.
2: Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. <laughs> yeah, I usually time it. I'm like a, a uh, like a, you know, I'm, I'm like a runner in motion, trying to hit the scrimmage line right as you hike the ball. And <laughs> now you just you move the line.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was just typing that. Like I was like, "Why he trying to get me drunk? Because I've been
2: sitting here for 20 minutes pounding beer. Sweet. Well, I'm. <sighs>
3: I'm it behind.
2: Worked. It worked. Yeah, I mean, with Lucas, with you, if it's beers, then yeah. we know you're already hammered. That's what I'm saying. I had a quarter glass of glasses for me, so I'm drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the party. <laughs> That's awesome. So why were you late, Jason? So at 11.50, my wife said, Well, since I'm taking the boy to Cub Scouts, can you run to the store for me? And so I was going to grab some stuff. We were out of whiskey, first of all, which oh, okay. that That's was, that was unacceptable. Um, so then she's like, Oh, and then you can might as well pick all this stuff up for me. And it took a lot longer than, than the whiskey and potatoes I was going for. <laughs> That's a very Irish grocery run. Yeah. Yeah. My family's Scottish. So same difference.
2: Yeah, i picked up Newcastle, bottled Bushmills, and 1% milk. Oh, yeah. For the kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm having what? a double old-fashioned to try to get caught up. Oh, well.
2: There we
1: go. <sighs> it is quite delicious.
2: All right, so uh, are we ready to get started? Are we all recording and everything? We
1: are recording. Let me get my notes.
3: Sound quality good?
1: Yep, what? everything sounds good. Notes? Uh, I I log what time we no, start. Okay. Yeah, so that I can go back and cut all this bullshit out.
2: It's for the oh, production staff.
1: Yeah. For the interns. Your editors. Yeah. Yeah, keep the editing tight, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we trimmed the first three minutes and the last to fifteen seconds, and that's about it. <laughs> As it should be. No. All right, Dave. Whenever you're ready.
2: Okay. This is uh, Advanced After Combats podcast about war gaming. Our experiences, wargaming, and generally what we talk about when we're talking about wargaming. This is an explicit podcast. Uh, it's not Ozzy and Harriet. There's gonna be bad words said. So, uh, brace yourself. If you're not expecting that type of podcast, then don't listen. And in fact, we'd rather you not listen. So, that's just how it goes. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by myself, Dave, Jason. Hello. And our mystery podcast host, who this episode is, Lucas. Hey, what's up? I'm back. So now, Welcome Some back. of you guys are saying, yeah, like, you're like, yeah, we've already heard Lucas. right?" because I so, don't ask to be on. Right. So, and who knows, maybe we didn't think Lucas did a really good job, so we're giving him another chance to come in and redeem himself, or maybe he did a great job, so we want to bring him back. Either way. Or, or maybe he
1: was just available.
2: Right. <laughs> Let's let the audience be the judge. And so... <laughs> Basically, we ran the algorithm. We consulted with the oracle, and, and Lucas is going to be the host for today. So,
3: here I am. What's up, everybody?
2: Um, so to start off, Lucas, I've heard there's been some changes in your life recently.
0: Yeah,
3: you know, I mean, um, let's see, where do I start? Having a baby. Oh, um, congratulations. New job. Um, I guess that's it. You know, just a little, th- a couple little changes.
2: Well, I actually didn't know about the baby thing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It comes up in conversation, you know, wow, but okay. yeah, I'm, 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 ex, I'm ecstatic. Um, so yeah, uh, November, I'm expecting a little boy. So, yeah. Wow.
2: Very nice. That's, that's going to be a junior war gamer.
3: Absolutely. I'm going to start, I think there's like this baby chess program where you can like teach babies how to play chess. So that's kind of where I figured I'd get started. So he'll be, um, he should be fluent in, in, uh, OCS and bar by the time he's like six or seven, I'm hoping. Very nice.
2: Well, now, Braxton, he plays Command and Conquer with his kid, right? Command and Colors, yes, he does. Command and yeah. Colors, right. Yeah, that's I think his kid one. usually
3: beats him, too.
2: <laughs> Dude, his, awesome.
3: his kid's really good at it, and, and, and that's a good game. I think that's a really good introductory game um, for kids uh, to, to kind of get into it, for sure. Definitely.
2: Yeah, my girls will play Mice and Mystics and Descent, but I have yet to get them into Wargame. Like, war. <laughs> yeah, you pick your battles so uh so you've got a new job yes i do do you do you want to talk at all about what your old job was i i would love to talk
3: about it now that it's not the the shame, my big scarlet letter i sold cars i was a car oh, salesman for just over a year it was my big dirty secret um it's it's like a a, a reality show that no one would want to watch it's, it's so i,
2: I think it would be but worse do you have any, uh, inside stories of the car industry or any of your experiences selling cars? You no, know, it's been a week since,
3: since I haven't been doing that. And, and to be honest with you, it's like I've just woken up from a terrible, terrible nightmare. And,
2: right. um, I've like PT, PTSD.
3: A little bit of PTSD going on. It feels like it was a year ago, but it's only been a week. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a trip. It's a crazy profession. <laughs> so, um, I, I wouldn't even know where to start, to be honest with you. I could just don't. I, I recommend not taking it up for for work. Yeah,
1: that's something I could never ever do.
3: It's 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 not for the faint of heart. Um, and not for me. It wasn't for me. So. Well, that,
2: that's the funny I, thing because you seem like a kind of mellow guy, and I yeah. always considered that those guys would be like kind of intense and crazy. <laughs>
3: They are, they are, they're, they're fucking bananas, man. And that was kind of my niche. I I was like the mellow Santa Cruz guy. Like when they hired me, I, <laughs> I
0: like,
3: was like a low pressure. You know, like people would be like, "Yeah, I whatever. didn't think I was gonna buy a car. I'm like, "Oh, buy it, what You know? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But fortunately, I, I have moved on. I have a, a pr- more professional job. Uh, me and Braxton are actually colleagues now. So that, that's, oh, nice. that's,
2: yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I, I talked to Braxton briefly about it. We were playing a game, so he mentioned it to me, so. Yeah, yeah. I was excited for you because I know you did not dig your previous job, so.
3: No, not at all. I, I have some, I have some, some, some memories. Everyone, everyone was convinced that I work with that I was writing a book. And they all wanted their own, salesman, wanted their own chapter, and I was like, man, I, I, I appreciate that, guys, but
2: I honestly don't ever want to, to, to talk about this after it's over so <laughs> yeah That's so we've got a podcast and we've also got some other stuff that goes along with the podcast just so people who are listening might not know uh, we have a guild so we have a guild on BGG it's got about 200 members Two hundred and one. well I think today it's 200 because someone rage quit within the past two days <laughs> thank, thank god, god.
3: fuck that guy yeah. <laughs> that guy nice. was, that guy was bringing everyone down that
1: guy was a yeah. dick
2: we we've also got we got a fantasy football league, which should yeah, be no. really bizarre.
1: So I told my wife, I said, Honey, this stupid podcast is making me do things that I swore I would never do. She said, mm-hmm. What now? I said, I joined a fantasy football league and she laughed and said, So do you want me to do it?
3: Oh, she's she gonna have to she, pick for you?
1: Well, <laughs> I I follow football, but she she's like all into the stats and shit. I just I just like to watch it. It's something to drink beer to.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen this show called The League. But it's about, it's about a fantasy football league. It's very funny. And one of it, the guy, his wife, the accusation is always that his wife is actually the, the, the muscle behind the team. Like, she's making the picks.
1: We might have one of those.
2: Yeah, it's it's a good, it's a good show. If you get a chance to see it, it's very funny. Um, yeah, so we got a fantasy football league now. We've got a, uh, uh, we've got a vassal calendar where we put up stuff as far as upcoming vassal games. A lot of times on the guild, the guys will post, Um, If they've got a learning game and you can come on on Skype and watch them play, especially if you're not as experienced with Basel, you can come on and kind of see how it works, and the guys are happy to explain stuff to you. A lot of times, like when I play, um, no one will say anything, so I try to, you know, I don't know, explain maybe what I'm doing in the game or this is, of course, if I'm not
1: too drunk. (laughs) So never...
2: Yeah, there's occasional times. I, I played uh Campbell in Red Winter uh maybe a week ago and I think he's like, "So, what are you drinking?" I'm like, "Coffee." And he's like, yeah. "Oh shit." He he's basically like, "Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> i like, brought my A oh, game.
0: Wow.
3: <laughs> oh, that's a good way to learn games. I, I I love the the guild calendar for that. Um it's it's great. It is it's great. It is.
2: So we got an email address. Uh, if you want to ask us questions through email, uh, we're on BGG also. We've also got something that uh, Lucas had established. is like a game log. There's a link to it on our uh, guild page. And you can get on there and kind of sort the games you're playing by game and then put the games in there and guys will comment on them and stuff. So I've actually been using that. I've resisted the calendar. <laughs> Like, for some reason, I, I'm averse to the calendar, but I have been using the game log, right, Lucas? You have.
3: You, you've been actively participating and contributing, and I do appreciate it. Because I think it's really – I wasn't quite sure if it was – if how it would turn out. And, it, and it's turned out to be quite cool. And, and, I mean, if you're interested in any given game, go to the game log and, and check the game out, and you'll see, like, our, our firsthand experiences with it. And I think that's really cool because you don't have to wade through all the bullshit that you'll find on like BGG or Consum World. Like, I, I, I'd, I'd like, I think I can safely say that our guild has some meaningful, relevant, and, and, and interesting things to say about the games they play. So it's like the first place I, I see people going. Um, if you're a fan of the podcast, of course.
2: Yeah, and, and we've managed to resist like the duck's urges to derail. <laughs> the duck is, yeah, it the is. duck is seems to have. He's respected <laughs> the game log and doesn't, like, go derailing, like, different game threads. Or I've noticed yeah. he, did, he did post some picture of a, a duck wearing yeah, a ribbon in her da- hair. Daisy
3: something.
2: duck. That would be yeah. nice. I like that picture. Yeah. Yeah, I just did. not I think we should kind of try to keep the game log to the game log Keep them like, professional. Keep that, yeah, keep the other <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> no, no, no. There's
3: no mm, control in yeah, it. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Just have to go with it. It's then. But no, but I was actually talking to Braxton about it. And the thing was, those, those monthly gaming threats are awesome. They're like a really cool conversation that kind of goes all over the place. But when it's not fucking September of 2013 anymore, all of that data and content is not really going to be looked at again. Sure. It's true. It's just way to organize all of all of the, the impressions and experiences into to one place. I kind of cross-post. i like... Say I'm playing this, and and then I'll go and do a little more detailed, you know, kind of thing in the game log. But it's fun. I like it. I think it could, has great potential. And get micro badges too. Um, they're 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 there for the advance after combat as
2: well. Yeah, we've got the Young Turks. Uh, yes. Micro badge, and we've got the donkey micro badge. So. And,
3: and if you're a new listener and you're hard up for cash, like just hit me up. Dro- get, get drop the- us a line. Man. Yeah, we got you. I got all kinds of I got all kinds of geek gold, Rich bitch. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> you know, that's sometimes too when I post something, I'll also post a session report just so I can get some cheap geek gold. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why I do the videos.
3: I get but, it for pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got yeah. all kinds of money.
2: We've also got t-shirts, uh, that we make no money off of. I think we gotta get somebody to organize the t-shirts though, because it's kind of like all over the place yeah. and you have to search for the links.
1: I've had a couple, a couple more ideas too. We need to get Ooh. back on that.
2: Who, who do we think, who needs to be in charge of that? Somebody needs to, I think, just organize it somewhere.
1: Yeah, I think I think Mitch. Mitch, yeah. he's no <laughs> way Mitch, pretty pretty... Mitch pretty... will do he's it. He's pretty. He's pretty organized. I
2: had to buy Mitch one of the t-shirts. I don't even think he's bought his own t-shirt. Yeah, Mitch needs one. We should put the duck in charge of it. That'd be funny. Yeah, that wouldn't. See good. how that goes.
1: So, Lucas, the next geek list you should do is all the all the games we've talked about on the podcast. Go back through and listen to the other 16 episodes again and log what they <laughs> were and what we rated them.
3: I did, you know what? I I did my my my. Okay, I'm, designing that Young Turk micro badge was a fucking nightmare. So I've done my time. Like that, <laughs> yeah, you know, also like, so Lucas isn't standing up. People will <laughs> contribute here. I don't want to take too, away from the team. I want fair. someone else to shine. And, and right. I <laughs> I've done. All right, my. Braxton, you're nominated.
2: Yeah, that Braxton could, do it. could do it. Also, also the days are gone where Lucas would be standing out in a used car lot or a Honda car lot pretending that he was actually working while he was secretly listening to the podcast That's with true. an earbud. So yeah, Absolutely. Those days are they're
3: gone. I've been a lot less active since I have a job where there's work to be done. I mean, literally, when you're selling cars, there's seven hours of downtime and one hour of work every day. So, sorry, guys. I'll contribute
2: what I can. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the other day I went into Lowe's. Uh, I was going to get new plexiglass. The idea was I was tired of my old plexiglass. I thought it was getting kind of raggedy. I'm not sure if it's because I'm using... I use dry erase markers on them sometimes. Yeah. And I think that affects the finish.
1: I think it just gets beat up. Mine, oh, really? Mine's, mine's getting a little rough.
2: Because, yeah, I wasn't sure. So, so I went and I, I made the mistake of taking my wife with me. So mm. we <laughs> bought the plexiglass while we had grabbed it all and we go up to the counter and uh it's like 75 bucks.
1: So my nice. wife is like
2: seventy five bucks. And I was just like, oh, this is a bad idea. <laughs> and then the girl looks at me. It's like a cute girl behind the counter, and she goes, "What's all the plexiglass for?" Nice. I'm like, oh, uh.
1: yeah.
2: So I looked at my wife, and my wife was like, "So I said, uh, it's for wargaming." <laughs> 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 she's like, "What?" I said, "Um, it's a you know, you put on the maps and you move pieces around on the." the mat and she's just so I said to her look you're dating a lot of guys now I said there's gonna come a time where you're gonna find a guy and you're gonna fall in love with him and he's gonna have some really weird hobbies and you're just gonna
1: gotta go I mean, you to gotta, yeah, look the other way
2: I said this day'll come so I can't explain it to you like yeah. we're buying in a bunch of places for more dude.
1: your your person shoe hobby is socially acceptable get over it yeah, like <laughs> like what mine yes
2: no. <laughs> it, 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 it's tough to explain sometimes. I think to try to. Yeah,
1: I I stopped trying. Uh, don't even. Don't it's even, for a uh, home improvement project.
2: Yeah, plexiglass. I could. Well, I couldn't lie. I couldn't even explain what I would possibly be using that much plexiglass for. Yeah. I,
3: I put in an order today for some new stuff. I actually have an unlimited free supply, so I'm fortunate in that. I, I put in an order for some non glare for better picture oh, taking. Nice. Oh, nice.
2: That is good.
1: You should. Uh, you should bring some of that next year to console Sommrol.
3: <laughs> yeah, I will.
1: I will. I'll, I'll buy it off you. Because I, <laughs> I was noticing last night I'm getting a lot of glare in my plexiglass. Plus.
3: It's a challenge. It really, it really messes with your artistic vision for yeah. what you can create.
1: <laughs> my poor YouTube viewers. <laughs> let's see, we got a, uh,
2: we got a quiz. Uh, quiz to so, do.
3: come on, I already did this.
2: So Redux? generally, let's go, I'm gonna just do a general summary. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some stuff. I've got some stuff I want to talk about. Like Reeves came and visited me, and we did some wargaming. Uh, got a couple general things that I wanted to talk about, and then I've got a game to review. Um, I want to talk to you guys about some games that we played, and I think Lucas, did you have a game that you wanted to review for this episode?
3: You know, I, I'd be happy to. Um, I'm not. I didn't prepare any notes or anything, but um, what about were... Na-
2: Napoleon at Leipzig?
3: Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned it. I'm looking at it. So, <laughs> so last time I started to review and um, I had to actually go pull the game that I was reviewing because I couldn't remember anything about it. So I have Napoleon at Leipzig. I have both manuals here. And I'd be happy to talk
2: about it because it's, okay. a, it's a system I'm very passionate about. And Jason, you wanted to do uh, Fire in the Lake. So Fire in the Lake. Surprise, that, surprise. So that, that game looks incredible. So, But we got a quiz. Oh,
1: man. So what did, so, what did Lucas do last time?
2: Not well. It? it wasn't well. He did okay. I don't think he did
1: that bad. Was uh, it 10 out of 16?
2: Only have people yeah. keep track of this? There's 20 points though.
1: Oh. So What month were you on?
3: Uh. He was number one, wasn't uh, he? Number one. Numero uno. So I set the bar really low for everything
1: else.
2: He was the first episode AK.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. AM <A-M-A-K? laughs> So uh
2: let's see. So I we got a quiz. It's called Name Four. It's optional. There's uh five questions. Each question has four answers. Is it so really optional though? It is optional. <laughs> Guys, don't there is no requirement that a guest host or a mystery host take the quiz. Yeah. So it's yeah. completely up to you, Lucas. Do you want to take the quiz or not? You know what? I'll take it. Okay. I'm and the other sport. thing I'd say is there it needs to be there needs to be some expediency. We can't have like 45 minutes for the quiz. No,
3: you know, if I don't know, I'm just gonna say, you know what, I don't know. Let's move on. I have a okay. okay. name in
2: that. It's cool. That's good. So you the know. general idea is there's there's five questions. They're gonna be spread across history. Uh, and the idea is that maybe playing war games might actually help you learn some history. So we're testing that that theory uh, by running the quiz. So. Got it. You ready? Let's do this. Okay. First question of the name four quiz. Hitler appointed 26 German World War II field marshals. Well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Hitler appointed 26 field marshals during World War II. Name four of them.
3: Wasn't there 26 of Napoleon's marshals too? Don't don't that's start asking any- questions.
2: <laughs> yeah, we not- ask the fucking nice. questions, not- Lucas. Done.
3: Move on. Rommel. Done. Go. Rommel. Done. That's it. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm not a World War II fan. Yeah.
2: I would
3: mean, thought we could have, uh,
2: I mean, you could spend some time
3: on it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna, who wants to be a millionaire? Okay. You don't want to phone a friend? not gonna phone a friend. Can I text Braxton? Mm-hmm. Nah, he's doing something today. I think he's working. Alright, let's do this. Let's go. He's working on Sunday. Um, I think he works today. Maybe he's off today.
2: Mm. I see him tomorrow. I'll find out. Come on, let's, let's keep it moving. Let's go. Ready? The Battle of Troy was described in the Iliad by Homer, but many scholars feel that this was an actual battle that was fought. Name four Greek heroes that participated in the Trojan campaign. Greek ah. heroes. Greek heroes. Not Trojan. Greek. Uh, uh, right, not Trojan. Achaean, whatever the Greeks were called. Uh, I haven't
3: played SPQR in so long, and I know there's a hero battle in there. Well, I think... uh.
2: Chariots on fire has Troy. chariot
3: yeah, chariots of fire has Troy. Is it on or of? Chariots of. Oh,
2: chariots chariots of on fire. fire sounds like that.
1: The chariots That's, of fire that was like that a movie. movie.
3: He loves he loves those punny titles.
1: You sounds know? like a Queen song. <laughs>
3: um,
1: okay.
3: Yeah,
2: I, I'm. I'm. No I'm, Greeks. I, I can't. I, can't, I, can't, Not I don't one. have. Not one. I don't like, have. There's there's famous there's guys who had sequels. You I don't killed. have any of those. Achilles? Achilles? Okay, you got one, good
3: job. Some of these guys
2: had sequels.
3: Hey, for the record, you guys said one o'clock, so I was like a little bit un- (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: For the record, I I was late.
3: For the record, I had a whole glass of Chimay before we started, so it's really, uh, you know, an unfair disadvantage here. But, uh, yeah, Achilles, uh, they're on the tip of my tongue, but, you know, I don't want to- I don't want people to start fast-forwarding through the podcast, so I'll spare everybody. you know, I don't want to. I don't want
2: to. Wow. Do, yeah. Okay. You know. Alright, number three. Uh-huh. <laughs> Alright. Dur- during the Vietnam, many U.S. units were deployed to Vietnam to fight. Name four U.S. Army divisions deployed to Vietnam. Oh, nice. And, I, U.S. I Army divisions. U.S. Army divisions. Not Marine. Uh, I don't know. You just have to say basically their numerical designation. <laughs> uh,
0: first, first
3: Division. Second okay. Division. Third division?
1: Nope. Third division wasn't there.
2: Fifth. No, second, second is also wrong. Yeah. Fifth, fifth is your fourth guess? Uh, yes. You got two out of four.
1: Yeah. Bam.
2: By some know. miracle, you, you skipped to fifth. <laughs> <laughs> What's
3: four? One of
2: them? 24th. Fourth was one, but second and third um, were, were misses. Yeah, so,
1: yeah you're
3: right. I'll play Fire in the Lake with Braxton. I'll, I'll know more about Vietnam. And, yeah,
1: you're not going to get any of that from that. <laughs> 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 You could look. Yeah, at I know, you could I know look these
3: at, little tiny cubes, fought? Yeah, you
1: mm-hmm. could look at Dave's uh Skype handle and and, and see one of them. That's right, right. First cab, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like you would be like,
2: "This cube is the 15th figurine." <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, you killed my AmeriCal cube. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so far it's going great. So. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know.
1: Uh, Already yeah, the derision for coin games. I love it.
2: Yeah, you, you know, uh, I gotta say, Lucas, it's it's not. I'm I'm concerned because those were ones I thought you were really
1: plow
3: through. I don't know anything about this, man. All right, I don't know anything. What that was a,
2: that consider... was a question
1: for me. I appreciated that, Dave.
2: Yeah, Lucas, what would you consider your strong area? Napoleonics.
1: Wu Tang Clan members. Yeah, right. So that's how <laughs> I thought. Giza, a
3: Giza. Name them all. I knew Jason would know them. Yeah. Sneakers. Let's have it. Sneakers. What sneakers came out?
2: Um, so if you had to pick a historical period, Lucas, that you would think would be in your wheelhouse, what would it be?
3: Well, I've been playing a lot of Napoleonic lately.
2: Okay. We're, there's a question that's in there. We'll see. So right now we are at uh four, four out of three out of four out of twelve. Yep. Four out of twelve. For people keeping track in their car on the parking lot. Some people losing Heck, respect by the
3: question for me. Hey guys. No, you're, doing, let's remember, you're doing
2: better than I would have. Yeah, L- J- Jason always says that by the way, Lucas, and i not feel good about that. And, uh, <laughs> but, but let's remember, Lucas also did get the idea about the game law, so it's not That's completely... True. Yeah, no, nothing but love. <laughs>
1: nothing but love.
2: Uh, okay, so here's the fourth question. During the American Civil War, yeah. the Union Army of the Tennessee fought at Fort Henry, Fort Donelson, Shiloh, Vicksburg, Chattanooga, conducted the famous March to the Sea, and fought many other battles. Okay. It had four commanders during its existence. Name them. Oh, Jesus Christ.
1: Oh, fuck, man. Really? Oh. Dave, is this oh. one you would have, you would have gotten without knowing? Uh, two, I would have gotten two out of four. Two? Uh, two out of four. You're smart. <sighs> so well, that well, was well, your was, period for a while though. Right? Well, it was. Yeah, yeah I, re- I read
2: books, so I yeah. know about some of this stuff. Yeah. Man. I, and I mean, I read, read them. Like, I mm-hmm. read, read them. The history. You don't listen I to that. I need them.
3: to read. I see. I need to read more books and, and read less rules. I read hey, too many rules, and it takes up my time reading.
2: Hey Lucas, what do you think of Swords Around the Throne?
3: I love it. Wasn't it good? Book? Like, halfway through it. I haven't finished it yet. I've, I need to finish it. I love it.
2: It's an easy read, though, right?
3: It is. It's a. It's a I really like the, the chapter about the Marshals, where it goes through their little history one by one.
2: So, yeah, so I gave I gave uh uh Lucas my hardcover copy of Swords around the Throne, which is kind of a cool book because it's about? Of, it's Napoleonics. It's about the French basically about Napoleonic War, yeah. but he jumps each chapter deals with a different aspect of the armies. Yes, yeah, really cool. Really. But, I mean, so he doesn't get too into any one area, but he might be like talking about uh the marshals or like combat engineers or like the poles or yeah. so he he, it's very neat. He, he dresses, each chapter addresses like a different aspect of the war, so.
3: And there's a little bit of a sense of humor to his tone as well. I like the yeah. writing style. Yeah. Well, that's
2: like how the old historians used to write. You know, they're fun. They're fun in reads, so. Yeah.
3: Alright,
2: All right, so back to this. So. Oh, shit, uh, I thought you'd forget you asked me that question. Army of the Tennessee. <laughs> Army of the Tennessee. <laughs> um, wait, Army of the Tennessee. Let's go over the battles
1: they fought against. That's a wow. union, right? By the way, Lucas, I'm caught up. In, I'm, I'm too many. You there? Too old-fashioned, in. <laughs> oh man, sorry, dear
2: so, listeners. So, Union Army of the Tennessee. Union Army of the Tennessee. I don't
1: want to say anything that's
3: gonna really. I almost feel like in this case, it's better to just just pass, to say, pass to say nothing than to say something completely it,
2: wrong. It fought at Shiloh, <laughs> Dude, Don't you have, <laughs> I have battle above, the, above clouds? the clouds?
3: I do, but
2: you, so you don't know who the fucking <laughs> army commander is for the Union in that. I have a really bad memory, man. Oh lord. Wait wait wait, 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 right
3: wait, oh, wait. Is it Stonewall Jackson?
2: For the Union? See, I mean, that's what I was saying, I didn't want to answer, it's Sherman. Yeah. Okay, sure. is that Sherman. your answer? Yeah. Sherman is correct. Sherman is there correct. it is. Holy shit.
3: I know, I told you, we should have started at one, man.
2: Oh my lord. <laughs> Dude, you guessed <laughs> fucking Stonewall Jackson for the- He was dead by then! Not only was he on the wrong side, he was dead! <laughs> Hey, I, when I fail,
3: I fail all the way. There you That's go. Commit cool. to something and do it well. That's my
2: motto. California's public education system Man, reaching no. out. You learn about the Civil War in school. That's true. Yeah, you you learn on it about its impact to social uh, movements during the 1800s, probably. Okay, so here are the commanders. Uh, I don't know a guy named Ulysses S. Grant. Oh fuck, I knew that.
1: Just a uh, uh, just a little guy.
2: Sherman. Uh-huh. Sherman, then the key for Sherman is, you know, the march to the sea was kind of the big thing he did. Uh And then the other two, I didn't really know if you'd get them. James McPherson. Oh,
3: McPherson, picture. yeah.
2: And then Oliver Howard. I so didn't know about Howard. But
1: I know Howard it's counter the in cup.
3: Battle of the Clouds. Howard's from Gettysburg, I think. I almost played that game, like, a couple months ago. I really wish I would have, because it would have, like, totally saved, saved my reputation, which is now irreparably, like, damaged, take taken seriously now. I think,
2: I think your your military history cut was really improved with your answer of Stonewall Jackson (laughs) commanding the Union Army (laughs) of the Tennessee. That was great. Yeah, you like that? That was good. It was
3: ironic. Yeah. Just in case. Wink, wink.
2: War games. (laughs) Teaching military history. Bonus. Bonus Oh, what? Lucas. What? This is the bonus. God bless you. Okay, you ready? <laughs> In seventeen ninety four nice. you already know by the date that you're fucked. Yeah. yeah. The US government authorized the construction of six frigates to establish a new navy. These frigates exhibited heavier armament and build than similarly sized ships, but were able to outrun larger enemy vessels. Name four of the six frigates. Jesus Christ!
3: Frigates, frigates! Oh man, you're really getting me here. This U.S. Well, it is bonus, right? So it's like, right. dude, ah, uh, gosh, I'm just, ah, uh, I don't know, man. I, I know it's in my memory somewhere. Um, let me- amateurs to arms. Let me, I don't have amateurs to arms. Um, we, we will
2: accept Robert
1: E. Lee as an answer.
3: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> hey, did you see that? The USS
1: Constitution.
3: With, with Phil Hendry on it?
1: Oh, it was awesome.
3: Dude, do you know who Phil Hendry is? He's a Yeah, man. yeah, he
2: does the show where he pretends
3: to be all the callers. Yeah, and people call in. Mm-hmm. They, get, they get super offended. It's genius. To all the listeners out there, Phil Hendry is a genius. You should check it out. Jason, have you ever heard his radio show?
1: yes.
2: It's amazing. So I I didn't, used
3: be, it used to be on the radio. It's not on the radio. It's online now. But it's yeah, been, no, it's, it's on the radio.
2: I didn't realize it was him uh, until it was. The, it's the Hawaii episode of Drunk yeah. History. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He starts talking. I said, "That's fucking Phil Hendry." Yeah, and man. he was great.
3: I remember he had one where there's a guy in Venice Beach selling cigarettes to kids and like he, yeah. his, he called it the tobacco truck and this lady called in. She was so offended, and the guy's like, "Is that a baby car in the background?" She's like, "Yeah, why?" It's like, well, you know, uh, fruit punch flavored snuff is a great option for youngsters. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. so
2: Phil Hendry's bit is basically that he he fakes a caller who's coming in like his guest, and he's playing all the parts and imitating all the voices, and then people who tune in don't realize that the show's a joke, even though he kind of tells them it's a joke in the it,
1: beginning. Yeah, it's 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 out there. I mean, every so, so you everybody. get a lot of long haul
2: truckers who are calling in, like I can't believe
1: this. Yeah, yeah, people who just don't pay attention. Because
3: he'll like the gig is up after five minutes. He'll like announce it, you know what I mean? But people who don't listen. It's selective, selective input, you know.
2: Like he'll do something like he'll have a a, a scientist come in who says that we should arm uh first graders to protect the the schools from school shootings. <laughs> you <probably> know, everyone will <laughs> be outraged. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, right, right, so back, to the, back to the back the six frigates. Did yeah. I hear oh.
1: another Newcastle, Dave? Was yes,
2: it
3: Newcastle Brown? It was United States Correct. Constellation um, Constitution.
2: Oh is somebody Googling?
3: President Congress and Chesapeake.
2: You're such a <laughs> <laughs> That's cheater. A zero. That's a zero. <laughs> That's a zero. zero. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was Lucas awesome. scored a one. That two, was four, uh, five. five. Five out of twenty, <laughs> out of and 20. gets one deducted for integrity.
3: Yeah, and I set a record. I set the lowest record yet.
2: Well, <laughs> I'd like to think maybe you're just trying to make it more comfortable for for hosts to come.
3: I am. I don't want people to feel intimidated or under pressure, because I'm yeah, so humiliated that, right this, now this by my lack of knowledge. So
2: well, now, and, 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 you know, Rick has accused us of setting up the, the quiz to just make people embarrassed, but I actually thought that you would, the Army of the Tennessee one, because you played Battle of the Clouds, I thought, oh, Lucas is going to get that.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I have been playing a it's while. and
1: B.A.R. for you.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. I was trying to, you know, keep it, keep it moving, keep it moving. You know, you said keep the quiz moving, so.
2: Yeah, and you're not a World War II guy, so maybe that's oh. why you didn't get the marshals.
3: No, absolutely. I have no idea what happened. What, what was that about again?
2: It was uh, the marshals that. No,
3: World the, War II. Yeah,
2: World War II. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. That's the quiz. It's come and gone. Yep. Let's. <laughs> Sorry. Let's. Let's seriously forget about this quiz that it ever happened. Bury it deep down inside. Deep, deep down. Let's it's never talk about, about it. To be recorded for posterity. Let's never talk about it again. <laughs> oh, well. That, that was magnificent performance.
3: Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all and, week. and
2: thanks for making your cheating so obvious so we didn't hey, have to get into if the
3: big cheat, It needs to be obvious. Come on, man.
1: I could have just I, done three. I you told have, you like, Constellation. Yeah. You didn't have to look it up. Could like
3: I did the Phil Hendry ploy. I kind of had you diverted and talking while I was Googling. You didn't even know.
2: Yeah. And but yeah, you reeled them all off, and that was kind of the warning sign. <laughs> all right, all right. Alright. So so and we've already talked to you, Lucas, about stuff like uh how you got into wargaming, what your favorite war games are and stuff like that. Did you ever do role playing games? Did we ever talk about that? I did not. So you never played role playing games?
1: I I never did. Don't laugh like that. <laughs> I just bastard. laughed like he doesn't believe me. I never did. Jason, <laughs> did you
2: ever do any role playing?
1: Yeah, I role played in the army. Oh really? Yeah. Basic training, we needed something. We needed something to uh distract us.
2: Oh, so you guys were playing role playing games in basic training? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. And while I was in Iraq, we we did a campaign. Like what game? Uh D and D. Okay. Yeah. Third edition.
2: Yeah, I guess they're on like a fifth edition or something. Yeah. It's a big yeah, thing though.
1: Yeah, big news.
2: I don't um, have I guess it's like editions.
1: first edition, but just updated. I don't know. It it was something at the game store. The, the lady was very excited about it.
2: I sometimes buy this stuff just to read it, but I'm not, I don't have the imagination anymore to play it.
1: Yeah, my buddy Matt buys role-playing games all the time and just reads the rules for
2: some yeah. strange reason. I like reading like the modules maybe sometimes, yeah. but uh, as far as the actual gaming aspect of it, yeah, it just doesn't do anything for me. Okay, so um, what do you want to do, Lucas? You want to do Napoleon in Leipzig?
3: I'm still I'm still in a little bit of a tailspin. Did I really answer okay. Stonewall Jackson to that question? You did. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> Fuck.
1: We're not judging. We can edit that,
3: right? We can edit that, because you're gonna edit all this,
1: right? Theoretically, yes, we can.
3: <laughs>
2: you you named dead Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> For the wrong side, dead turncoat, Stonewall Jackson.
3: I did it for a reason, and here's the
2: reason. Comedy?
3: Comedy, first and foremost, comedy gold. Second, I want people to feel um, more comfortable with posting yeah. in the guild. I yeah. feel like there's a lot of people in the guild who don't post. We don't judge. Yeah. We don't judge. You don't, I, I think you can go through and you'll see that that um, it's a very uh, welcoming place, um, so... So this is just, you know, to open the door so people feel more comfortable. At least I'm not saying stupid shit like that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's a good thing.
2: Right, so you're just setting the bar low. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's Pretty appreciated.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so Reeves from the Guild came out and visited me. Uh, he and John Allgood were going to their uh, nerd convention uh, for I War Game Medals. Metal?
3: Yeah, nice.
2: So... Uh, it's funny because like I play with John online and uh, John was like, yeah, so we're going, we're going to have this convention on Irvine. I'm like, oh yeah, well, okay, cool. And so he's like, yeah, so you know, everyone's going to get the, I guess it's closed to the public until so Saturday. So
1: it's a convention that's closed to the public.
2: Yeah, until Saturday you can't do it. So, so what John, is the
1: sacred society that you have to be a member of?
2: It's whatever the wargaming metal group is, you know. So, so John was like, "Oh, I think I can get you in." If I'm like, "Ah, I'm okay."
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about
2: that. <laughs> I, was like, don't, don't, I don't want you to burn all your favorites. Don't,
1: don't go <laughs> out of your way for me. I...
2: But yeah, so, so Jeff was coming in. Jeff came in a day earlier, and then came up to where I live, and then uh, we met up, and we went out to a bar. That was sweet. And we played uh, "Battle for Stalingrad" by DVG Games at the bar. So I was kind of committed to, we're playing a game in like a pub, a bar. Mm-hmm. And this is a place that I've had, I've taken my family there. It's a, it's a pub, but it's, you know, it's not too bad. It's family owned. Family friendly. And uh, so we played Battle for Songrad right there, and in the middle of the bar. And it's a card based game, I'm not gonna get, I can review it later, but it, generally, it's interesting because you know, you set up a war game, you don't want to really set up like a, I don't think you want to set up like a, a board, on a table at a bar so uh, this is good because you can kind of just play out the cards and the item and the card protectors and uh, that way they, they, you can just play on the table that you have and we had one drunk guy come up to us while we were playing and you know he's kind of like he lurched us up and he's like what are you guys playing <laughs> so I was just like Stalingrad and he just stared at us Didn't he say <laughs> It <laughs> just turned around and went back to his barstool. I was like, well, that was kind of rude. Like, I thought that was like an opening to, like, oh, really? Like, how does it work? People aren't interested. Yes. Yeah. not like if thought we were playing cards. But,
1: but my thing is, if you don't care, why are you asking? Like, yeah. it's obviously not pinnacle. Don't fucking ask me if you don't care.
2: Yeah, we played for, like, probably... I think I picked Jeff up around... Two, three o'clock, I'd say we got to my place around seven, seven thirty. So we had a ton of beers and played. It's actually a pretty good bar game, I think, because you can play it. But I mean, we were like jabbering away like two schoolgirls, you know, so I don't know You're how much playing you we
1: were doing, but you were what?
2: Jabbering away like two little schoolgirls. Hello. <laughs> <to laughs> <laughs> but yeah so, uh, we, we got some playing done, mostly talking, and, uh, then, uh, we left and went back to my place, and we were gonna play. A good one. We were gonna play. <laughs> we <took him> <laughs> this, is, this is just like I took Mitch home. Mitch home too. Let's to remember this. Oh, so I took him, I took him home, and uh, he met my wife, and, uh, I introduced him to the wife, let me know I was married. I spoke before. <laughs> and I had a bunch of games uh, I, had, I had Red Winter, I had a uh, Light. and I had, uh, uh, what did I have? I had Stonewall Jackson's Way set up. But we were like, not ready to play Stonewall Jackson's Way. I mean, that's just too much stacking. If we got a bunch of beers, so it wasn't gonna happen. So, gonna so we played Red Winter for a little while. Uh, And then I realized that we started drinking whiskey, and at some point I was just too fucked up to play anymore. So, yeah, that will happen. We were gonna call a taxi for Jeff, and the problem was apparently my city does not have like the kind of taxi service that he expects from like Toronto. Yeah, so he had gotten a big room in Toronto. I mean, like, some people, like, one guy was like, yeah, we don't service your area. And then another guy, it sounded like I woke him up out of bed, like he was going to roll out of bed and come pick up Jeff. So finally we just, I I just had Jeff crash in our guest room. He stayed over. And uh then the next day we went out to lunch, and he went back down to his uh, war uh gaming convention, or his uh, metal yeah, it's convention. Like, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Don't, yeah. don't confuse the two. Yeah, confuse the one's cool. Yeah. One's not cool. Yeah, not cool. <laughs> Metals are cool. I like medals. Cool. Doing things that get you medals are yeah. cool.
2: Jeff was like a totally uh, regular guy, good guy. Handsome, fun.
1: handsome. devil.
2: He is a very good guy, I would say. Squirt away, kind of guy, like just a regular dude, so it's nice. You know, because you never know. It's kind of like a blind never, date, right? Yeah, it is. Like I did the internet dating, you like never know. Like you're
0: yeah.
2: you meet some person on the internet, you like them, their personality. <laughs> You're, you go to the bar to you meet no her. No chemistry.
3: No chemistry when you're playing Stalingrad.
2: She's just whack. You know, you're just like sitting at the bar. You're there a little early. You have a couple of beers. Mm-hmm. Some chick walks through, and you're like, "Oh, please God, don't let that be the fucking person." No. It me, and it's the person. And then you're like there for like two hours with the person. So. It so was like good-
1: with with Lucas, he doesn't have a fedora and a cigarette in his mouth.
2: <laughs> no, but Lucas I looks. I'm not
1: Robert Mitchum. No.
2: <laughs> but Luke, Lucas is a normal guy.
1: Well, I mean, mostly.
2: Now Lucas might Why? be offended by being called normal. I don't mostly
3: know. Mostly normal. Is. I'm a little offended by that. I would like to think that I'm not normal, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty normal. Probably more normal than. I mean, I mean
2: he's a regular dude. Like he's a yeah. good guy. More
1: like, than like Mike, for example.
2: <laughs> oh, the duck. Yeah. God knows what that the duck is like in real life. <laughs> I gotta meet the duck. I know. You never know. I mean, you so you never know. The duck is probably super normal. Maybe he's a bodybuilder. Oh, that would be awesome.
1: <laughs> that would be awesome.
2: Probably not, but But yeah, so uh Jeff is a good really good guy. So that's always nice. You know, you don't you, you meet a guy, you talk to him online, you don't know how he's gonna be. And like I said, it's like a blind date kind of, but uh it's
1: But it was like well. Constant World last year.
2: Yeah, right.
1: We we I were both kinda of hesitant, feeling each other out. It was okay. It was a match made in heaven.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, Jason bailed me out and helped me run half the Germans and the.
1: Uh, that's right, all yeah. Them,
2: so, yeah. When Jason left, I'm like, I quit.
1: Yeah, that's I'm it. I'm like, I'm not running all these. <laughs> We're done. Game
0: over.
3: I I think that brings up an important important uh important. Oh, fuck. Important God important damn point. it! This is like the second season of Drunk History where the hosts <laughs> get way too <laughs> you know? You're not
0: throwing up. I'm You're not throwing up.
3: Yeah. The last one was exceptional, but we won't talk about that. Um, I've been meaning to post about it. The last episode. I think it raises a point that I was hoping we'd talk about um, when you're talking about uh, meeting people in person from the guild. I think that the guild is the ultimate filter for war gaming.
1: And, I think it is too.
3: Yeah. It's the ultimate filter. Yeah. Um, everyone I've met from the guild in person has been super cool and fun to play games with. And it's just like the the podcast listener, it, it filters out a lot of people and devoted listeners are going to be a certain type of person. You're going to have a lot in common with them. And when you meet them in person, it's, you've already kind of been pre-selected, if you will. So, um, I think that's a really neat thing that's ex- unique and exceptional about this podcast is, is everybody I've met through it has been just fucking awesome. Um, and I'm sure that will continue, but, um, there's not, you know, it's a
2: neat thing. It's very unusual. I think as long as the quality of the podcast continues, that's true. Absolutely. As long as it
1: stays mediocre. So Lucas, that's I- on you. So. Hey,
2: I I, I still. I mean, basically, let me put it out there: we're we're the constant. The only thing that changes each, each that is month true. is the guest make A M A K. Yeah. So hey, so yeah, one of my ideas too. Speaking of Constant World, next year I want to do a Constant World game against somebody. I'm going to call it my Constant World Whiskey Bottle Challenge. What? You know, guys, I've had, I've heard some shit talking about like me getting on and. And talking games and people making fun of me. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna Don't put it down. Fun. Tell me I'll fight them. I'm gonna put it down just like this. If, if one of you guys wants to sit down and play like a five hour war game with me at Constant World in the evening, we will take a bottle of Bushmills and we'll split it mm, between us. Nice. And at the end of that game, let's see who sounds like a dick shit. Yep. <laughs> so that's what I'm putting out there. We'll be, so it's a, it be it's it. at the that table sounds, next to
3: you. That's that just nice. sounds like a good time, not a challenge. So
2: we'll see. So we'll see how that goes. (laughs) So that's my challenge that I'm issuing. Yeah. So, Hey, so real quick, things I learned from playing with Jeff. One thing is, uh, you got to have card protectors on your cards. Like my kids have like Pokemon cards and stuff. So I knew kind of about the card protectors and I'm generally
1: got to catch them all.
2: Well, I'm, I'm generally a guy who buys a game and expects, like, if you're like, oh, this, the cards are gonna wear out if you don't use card protectors, I'm like, well, maybe they should make better fucking cards, cause I'm playing like, I'm paying 60 bucks for this game, right? But, I would say that, um, if you're gonna play in a bar, you gotta have the, the little sleeves on them. The condoms. Yeah. The condoms.
1: Yeah. Card condoms.
2: Card condoms. It, it makes them super slippery. <laughs> like, that's the one thing I'll say too. <laughs> so, so it's very easy to have a stack of cards and then have half of them underneath the table at the bar. And no one wants to go down there I mean, Yeah.
1: Was this moreline saying that to me? Just, yeah, like, I'm usually I'm kind of upsetting.
2: Yeah. Was that a bird chirping? Right. Yeah, I have
3: like, this. I, so I have a, I have the, I'm a, I'm a birder. I'm a birding enthusiast. I like to like bird watch you know. What, what uh, is that called? Nerd. Birding. No, it's called it's, twitching if you're in the UK listening. Um, it, I like that better, twitching. I'm a twitching. twitcher. Well, twitcher means something else when you're in California. Yes. I have a clock that has a different bird in every hour instead oh of... Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. You are <laughs> but more of, of a nerd than thing. I am, and I yeah. appreciate
1: that.
3: Dude, birding is great. There's birds everywhere. I, I highly, I highly recommend it. It's called video.
1: something else, right?
3: Birding or twitching if you're in no. the UK. Wow. Bird watching.
1: No. Well wow. there's like a gist kind of thing. Oh, ornithologist. Ornithologist, yes. That's
3: that's who like studies birds. I'm just I'm, I'm more of a layman. I, I take binoculars and go to places where there's lots of birds and try and spot them. You know, catch them all like Pokemon. It's fun. That's <laughs> good. It's a good so, hobby.
2: Okay. So anyway.
1: <laughs> So we should talk about games. If so you're back gonna, the card to, protectors.
2: If you're going to put the card protectors on, be careful because they will slip under there. Yeah. If there's two guys sitting in a booth. And the regulars and, are already watching, the yeah. already watching
1: you. And they watch yeah. you under the
2: table? They're already watching you because you're playing yep. a fucking war game. Yep. You don't want them to look over and have one guy underneath the table. Yep.
1: That's dangerous. I've this been there. Lead, yeah.
2: This can lead to trouble. Yep. This is not that kind of bar. I've, uh, but, but yeah, so. Oh,
1: God. I've had so that battle line. I
2: mean. That situation so, with battle line. So that happened. Mm-hmm. That happened once or twice, but. And they don't clean, they don't clean under there. No. Disgusting. It's gross. Oh so well, the, the one thing that did happen too is the waitress also came up to us and asked us she was very cute and she was kind of asking us what we were playing and very nice and she told us that her uh her boyfriend was a gamer. Yeah.
3: So, oh. So he so. plays Xbox Madden.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, he plays some kind of video game, so I'm like, Yeah, your boyfriend <laughs> sounds like a super fucking nerd. <laughs> I'm saying <that>.
0: I'm
2: <laughs> and she's like, Well, but she's like, Well, I'm a nerd too, so I don't care. So that was cool. So we got yeah. a lot of really well. That's well. Charmy. That's always kind of my meme, that I'm always gonna put down other types of hobbies, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's consistency. Yep. Okay, so, uh, we got reviews. So should we
1: pause, or do, you, do you, wanna, pause. you guys wanna-
2: Pause, why are we gonna pause?
3: My chimney glass is empty. I
1: need another drink. Oh, There we go. Alright, we'll um, pause. So, Dave, if you wanna talk about a game, I can just walk away for a couple <gasps> minutes.
2: That's, that's fucking totally insulting.
1: Or we could pause for a couple minutes. Okay. I'm I'm leaving the option up to you. let's pause. Alright, let's pause. Yeah, that took a lot longer than I expected. Yeah. Yeah, longer than I I expected too, Jason. I made one cocktail and said, yeah, that's probably not gonna be enough. So I made another.
2: Oh wow, you're doing the double fisting. Mm -hmm. I've gotten in trouble doing that.
1: But I it went downstairs and my daughter put the groceries away and it was, I had to, I had to give her a hug. Oh, uh, there so. was that,
2: there was that moment in the Reeves one where I said, <laughs> double fisted, j- double barreled gin and tonics, here we go. <laughs>
1: yep. <sighs> yep. So by the time this glass is empty, I'll be, uh, half a bottle of whiskey in. So wow. Nice. Yeah, that's right. good.
3: I, mean, mm-hmm. I have, I have half a glass of Chimay left and that's a whole bottle of Chimay. That's a lot for me, man.
2: When we, when we did the Reeves. Chimay is one, good stuff. When we uh, did the Reeves one, uh, Jason. You didn't remember me, it. Jason emailed me. I had already drank half a bottle of whiskey before the episode. <laughs> what? And then I started drinking gin and tonic during the
1: episode. Ah, oh, Jesus. Taking it easy.
2: Cause that was weird because Jeff had like a schedule change and we were trying to get him in and so. So. We're committed. It's you mystery hosts that are flaky. That's right.
1: That's fun, man. I was man. Except so... for today. Today I was flaking. I was are recording. we ready to
2: go? Or are we recording? What are we doing? We're are recording. We always, yeah. Are we We're always recording?
1: If I am talking, we are recording. Uh. uh. Alright, so, uh,
2: let me just say real quick. I got one real quick review I wanted to do. Uh, we've reviewed this game before and by review I think Marshall mentioned it. So that's why uh, we
1: need Another review, a, a geek, geek list because yeah. I don't know what I've talked but about. The, I would anything. say the
3: review wasn't yeah, very extensive. At, that would be a good, good, that would be a good geek list for sure. Yeah. yeah. Somebody needs to take that on. Take that on. Come on, this Braxton. Is, this, is, this is real quick. Yeah. So okay.
2: both, of you, both of you shut up. All
3: yeah. right. All right. Go find good.
2: Red Winter. Mm. Oh, I okay. remember his review of this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, right. So yeah. Uh, it, so he it, got it
1: for free, and it has a snowy map. That, yeah, that I,
2: was, I,
0: and he
3: laminated the
2: counters yeah. and stuff. So, uh, I, I bought the game. I got it for a really good price at Constant World at the flea market. I think I got it for like 30 bucks or something. I think it retails for like 60 right now, but I think it's out of print, but I think you can get it for like 60. So, uh, the, the general game is it's, uh, Finns versus Russians. It's kind of a, uh, platoon company scale game. So it's very limited. A couple of regiments fighting against a Finnish regiment. And I would say that and this is gonna be really quick. <laughs> Excuse me, as a burp. Um, the game is really pretty. It's very attractive, the pieces are nice. The the system is interesting, there's a lot of chrome, there's there's rules for how to handle the subarctic conditions of a winter war. The map is is interesting because most of the terrain is like woods and swamp and the clear areas are actually frozen lakes.
1: And you can make campfires. You can Camp make fires.
2: Right, so That's be, all like, is
1: yeah, at, night,
2: right, at, at night uh the uh the Russians can light bonfires to keep them from losing troops to, to the cold temperatures, but that also makes it easier for the Finns to do night raids against them. So there is kind of a night phase where the Russians have to choose between whether they want to light bonfires or just suffer the potential consequences of of being out in the cold. And I thought the game was cool. I played it a bunch of times since I bought it. And there's, there's a lot of options as far as you can have, like, finished field kitchens, which can, like, uh, help you bring replacements back. But if the Russians attack them, they tend to want to eat all the food that's at the kitchen and lose victory <laughs> points. Uh, there's the armored <laughs> units the Russians can bring in. There's a lot of chrome and a lot of fun stuff in the game that reflects The skis, it. right? Right, the S- Finns can ski, yeah, the, that's cool. which helps them going across frozen lakes. The Russians can't, so they take longer. And the, and the gist of the game, basically, is that the Russians are attacking, and they have the advantage initially, but then at some point in the game, the operational momentum swings over to the Finns, and then the Finns are going to go on the attack, and the Russians have to hold everything that they've captured. So the game is really attractive, nice components-wise. It's, it's, it probably gives you a great feel for how it is to fight in like a winter campaign, uh, where the elements are involved. And it's like five days... Uh, five or I think five days of combat, and, and maybe six turns per day or something like that. The the only thing that I would say is, having played it a bunch of times, I'm not sure how much replay value there is, because when you're going to take a, a battle that's small in scale and has you know different terrain restriction areas like bottlenecks and the, there is kind of a sameness that can happen as you play the game over and over again, because there's just not that many different options. And that while there's a bunch of scenarios in the game, I've, I've generally played the full campaign, but that would be my one concern. I think the game is a really nice game, it's really well done, but I'm, I'm a little concerned that as I'm playing it more, it's starting to feel like it feels like the same game over and over again. So, that's what I got. for
3: Who did the map? Don't know. Mark Mahaffey. Mahaffey. My, so, my of course, he does. So,
2: Lucas, if you fucking know the answer, why are you going to fucking ask the question? Because <laughs> hey, I want you to say it. Fucking day. Mah- Mahaffey. Hey, hey, do you think... He does great math. Lucas, could you name your son Jackson in honor of your Stonewall Jackson guests for the podcast? No, I, already, I already,
1: <laughs> have a name, already have a name picked
2: out. It's not Jackson? No, it's
1: not Jackson. So, Mahaffey. Um,
2: it's not Mahaffey. No. Is it, Rick, is it Rick Barber Brooks? No, it's not Rick Barber Brooks. <laughs> That
1: would be awesome. <laughs> Alright, Lucas, do a review.
3: Alright. So, it's Dashel, by the way.
1: Oh, Dashel. Wow. Good Did name, you, right? Is that
3: a name? Yeah. Yeah, a Hammett. Name. It's fucking awesome. Nickname Dash? Dude, that kid's gonna kick ass. How do you
2: spell it? D-A-S-H-I-E-L-L. E. Is that, what, what, uh, is, what ethnicity is that name? I believe it's of French origin. Oh, that's cool.
3: It was a last name originally. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to review, well, this is more of a system review. Um, So I'm going to review the Library of
2: Napoleonic Battles. No, 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 no. Review the game.
3: Well, I've only played one
2: scenario from the
3: game. Okay, well, do
2: do a quick system one and then do the game, because I'm curious about the actual game.
3: Well, I haven't played Life's yet. That's why I had to order that Plex. I need like a 44 by 44 Plex because it's a two mapper. But so I thought you, I
2: thought you did the Lieber Wolkwitz one.
3: Yeah, I did Lieber Wolkwitz. It was great.
1: So do that game. Alright, okay. Is this the... It's a scenario. It's like the
2: beginning scenario.
1: Yeah, so this is the this LNB was- system.
3: Yeah, exactly. The Library of Napoleonic Battles is from OSG, um, Operation well, Actually, you Operation. know what, Lucas?
2: You do what? what you want to do. I don't want to dictate to you because you're a host <laughs> yeah. just like what me. Hey, even though you're a mystery e- host. Equal footing. Equal <laughs> footing,
3: so. I'll do what I want. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so
1: anyway. Whatever, so whatever.
3: These, <laughs> these are put out by, um, by kevin zucker um I, i'm a really big fan of this company i'm a fan of the game i'm a fan of the system i have um now i have every volume that's in print of this series i actually was really surprised that i had a birthday um, my birthday was this month it actually happy it birthday was, uh, huh happy birthday thank you my i actually share a birthday with napoleon we had the same birthday and so my girlfriend got me Napoleon at Leipzig, and she also surprised me with The Coming Storm. I'd asked for Leipzig. I hadn't asked for The Coming Storm. They're both from the same company.
1: There's a sex Ooh. joke in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there is. Nice.
3: Um, so, Coming uh, Storm already happened. Yeah, it already happened. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. So it was a great birthday, very Napoleon birthday. Um, and I got this game. I, of course, I, I got it. I punched all the counters, did the rounding thingy, um, set it up, and played the game right away. Um, so what you should know about this game um, I mean you have to order them directly From Kevin Zucker Really cool guy, he ships super fast If you have any questions he's very responsive On Consum World, sorry Dave, not on BGG um, But uh, The system is nice uh, The rule book is very well laid out um, Very simple Concepts, but there's enough nuance That the more you play, the more you're like Oh, I could have been doing that All along um, there, every individual game in the series is gonna have different conditions. Um, I'm really bad at reviews, but um No, you're doing, you're doing fine. Uh, so what else, what else? So it's- How, do, it's, how does activation work? Alright, well slow down, slow down. We should talk about scale. I think we should- Oh wait, wait, wait. Components. We need to talk about components. I'm, I'm trying to prompt you. I, I need those prompts, I do. So wait, what was your prompt again? How does activation work? I think you're getting a little bit ahead of it.
2: Just Let's talk about the components.
3: Hey, right. what's the scale? Scale, it's about 500 kilometers per hex. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, God, please. 500 kilometers? Is the... Wow. I think it is. Let me check real quick. I think that's right. God oh, damn it. I was going to be all proud because I know a lot about or this. How, how many I meters? Think it's 400, I think it's 480 kilometers per hex. No, wait. wait. That seems wait, like a lot. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Uh, 480 meters per hex. There you go. At uh, the 480, right? so tactical war uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: so that's the that's scale that's the scale um it's 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 called uh i think they refer to it as grand tactical it's kind of more it has a more <laughs> operational feel when i first got into these games i wanted something that felt like great campaigns of the american civil war but napoleonic because i was really captivated by that era
1: it is and operational it,
3: it is operational, and it makes sense because um, from what I've learned, I mean, once I started playing these games, I, I got really into reading, like, The Campaigns of Napoleon by Chandler. I started reading Swords Around the Throne. I'm still currently reading, like, three books on Napoleon, which is nice because they're all chronological, so I'm kind of reading them all, except for Swords Around the Throne, not chronological. A little bit of spoilers there. Um, but anyway, so it's operational. Uh, I know that at this time period, a lot of battles were kind of won before the battles took place, so it kind of makes sense that you would game
2: it at an operational scale, as so, opposed so to something like... Lucas, real quick, so you're what? concerned that there's spoilers and Swords Around the Throne? Yeah. So are you reading campaigns in Napoleon like, kind of like it's a murder <laughs> mystery novel? <laughs> yeah, okay. no. Napoleon, Napoleon doesn't habit. win in the end. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Spoilers. <laughs> he, he goes into Exile. Twice. <laughs>
3: yeah, there's another one reading that's good too. It's uh, Napoleon. It's uh, not Doctor like, Who. Political
1: life. <laughs> it's, it's not, not Game 100. of Thrones. It's it's history. <laughs> Spoiler please. <alert. laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert: Everyone dies. Oh my
2: lord.
3: Um. So yeah, but so it makes sense. You would you would know, game at this scale. Uh, I like Battles of the Age of Reason. It's very tactical. It's very you know those battles were still seem to be won or lost based upon maneuver. But on uh, in, in a, in a tactical scale, but
2: but these ones are operational. Um, let, let, let's, let's let Mitch talk about battles of the Age of Reason, okay? Why yeah, don't we he start? did. He did it last let's, time let's, Yeah, let's stick with your review. Yeah. So
3: um, I need to play more of that actually. But this is the game that I keep coming back to. Um, I, I I I got Patry in Danger. I got the starter kit, Patry in Danger, and, and this is a system that just hits all the right buttons for me. It's moderately complex. There's It's very well researched. The components, I, uh, they're they're beautiful. The maps are the perfect paper. The texture is nice. They're they're, the Charlie Keebler maps are very easy to read, very pleasing to the eye. Um, he also did the counters. Um, and then Newt Grunitz did the cards. So all around, it's it's a very very well produced product, a very good value. I feel they're pricey. I feel they're worth the money.
2: Who did the maps?
3: Charlie Keebler.
2: Cookies. Oh, his cookies are excellent. Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you me. should talk Please. about
1: the starter kits. No,
2: yeah,
3: but, the starter the, kits are eleven bucks. I mean, yeah. eleven dollars. You can try it out, see for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Spend fifteen dollars and find out. Yeah. Okay,
1: so let's. get seventy-one, and let, let, I, let, I can't get through. The yeah, let's
3: get I, I understood that. So activation. Maybe this will help. Yes, you. activation.
1: I'm dying. All I
2: need
1: right, the so activation.
2: I,
3: all right, so activation. Um, basically, it, so if you have a commander, so a commander would be someone like Schwarzenberg, Napoleon, Ney, um, kind of the 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 heads of armies. Jackson. Fuck.
2: <laughs> you know all those Jackson. commanders. No, Jackson. No, Jackson. All right,
3: so let's move on. Um, Barclay, uh, you know any of the the big commanders. If if they have officers within their command range, they can activate. Okay. They have so many command points, so they'll be rated. If it's a very, very good command, uh, off. God damn it. If it's a really, really good commander, they'll have high- they'll be able to put more officers in command. Um, so so, you put so in- their subordinates cost command points to put in command. Exactly. So, okay. for example, Napoleon is a three. He can put three subordinates into command if yeah. they're in range. Okay. Um. So now we're, be- cooking. Right. Yeah, now we're cooking, right? Now this All is stuff right. you really want to hear. Um, right. And then the other officers, um, and then there are, there's other officers. And if they're not in range of one of the commanders, they can roll for initiative to, to put their guys in command. So, now, so good
2: this, so good subordinate commanders have higher initiative.
3: Exactly, because it's a, it's a d6. So like a good like a Van Dam or or someone like that would be like, like a four.
2: Right, like a, or Davoo or something. Like I'm not going to bother to spend a command point on Davou because I think he can use his own initiative to do something.
3: Exactly, and Davoo's actually a commander slash officer, so he can okay. put himself into command. He doesn't even have to roll; he's that okay. hot,
2: you know, like he's he's good. Um, and, and then once they're activated, they can move their guys.
3: Exactly. So you can move, and and those guys. So if you, if you first go through, you put everyone in command, and then if you fail the initiative roll or you're out of command range, then you put out of command markers on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all, all the people who are in command move first, and then you roll for initiative for all the people who are or out of command
2: and when you say people units first commanders have initiative but then don't units have individual yeah. initiative
3: yeah and that's where it's a little tricky so like if you so you have an officer you roll for command he sucks he's a 3 you you roll like a 5 he's out of command and everybody in this command range can't move that turn which sucks so sometimes you got to be like okay look this guy is not a really good leader i'm going to rely on the
2: initiative of the of the individual units um, okay. to do that it so, is if you roll, if, if, so if you roll for the leader and uh, you fail, can you roll for the units or is it, is it one or the other?
3: No. So this is where it gets tricky. So if you fail as the uh, officer, those units who are in this command range, they can't move either. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't roll for initiative for him, they can kind of do it independently. Okay. But once you roll for him, it's either you know you're with him or you're or you're you're out for that turn.
2: So, so it's a it's a choice you have to make.
3: Exactly. And if you're out of command range, any units out of range of any of their commanders, out of range of the officers, you know they roll for their own initiative. So there's definitely a very very strong sense of of command and control, and and um you know it's crucial to the game how you activate people.
2: Yeah, because I play as a kid. I played the second edition version of this game. Right. Uh, and they didn't have the individual unit initiative as much. Like now they have it on the counter. They didn't have that as much when when I used to play. So
3: yeah, on the counter. And what you see on the counter, you see combat strength, initiative, and movement allowance.
2: So let's talk okay. about uh, entering zones of control.
3: Right. So there's locking zones of control. Um, if you enter a zone of control, you're engaged. It's called in, you know you're engaged. And the key to this game um, is to envelop uh, and, and and cut off retreat paths. When you start doing that, you'll see. I know, you know, there are some.
2: This is controversial.
3: It's controversial, game. but you know, I never played any old SPI games. I don't have any kind of preconceived notions about things they call what alternate hex defense and all this kind of bullshit. I just play the game, um, and I think, Amen. That this, and this game has actually solved a lot of those problems. You can stack in this game, so you can overcome. If someone did an alternate hex defense against me, I'd crush them. Like I know how to overcome that. But for, beside the point, I just play the game as given, right?
2: But kind of the rule is, in this game, and I just want to be clear, is there a rule that if you're in the enemy zone of control, you have to attack? You do,
3: unless it's, like, across a bridge or you're in a town. There's certain times when you don't have to attack. Okay. Um, But, yeah, otherwise you do, and, you you know, you're engaged, and every turn is an hour. So it, in a Mm. sense, you know, it follows that you'd have to engage if you're sitting there, squared (laughs) opposite. If you're
1: half a kilometer away away from
2: somebody.
3: Yeah, so you have to be careful about how you plan it,
2: you know. Yeah, and, and in the game, I, I, I don't know if it is with this final version, but when the, when the version I played, where uh, it was very merciless as far as retreating through zone of control. If you retreated through a zone of control, whether there was a friendly unit in there or not, you would basically lose a step.
3: Yeah, and in this one, you, yeah, you don't even lose a step. You um, you're reorganized. You're taken off the board if you have to if you have to retreat. And there's someone in your zone of control, you get, you're gone, you're toast, right? Regardless
2: of whether there's a friendly unit there
3: or not. Friendly units do not negate zones of control. Yeah. And so what happens, what happens though, so if you have a step reduced, which will happen through the course of the game, and you're forced to retreat and you can't, then you're permanently eliminated. If you're a a unit that does, uh, is a full strength unit, you're just taken off the board and you come back in later on during like a turn where you roll for weather. So um, yeah, so I mean, there are there's a lot of nuance to it, like in in terms of that kind of stuff. But once you get a feel for the system, I I do I just love these games. I leave them set up in my room, like my game room, um, and I just play a couple turns before work or after the girlfriend goes to bed, and
2: and I I, it works really well solo as well. Right, because it's not a very complex game. No, no. But it gives you, I felt like it gave, gives a fun feel for how the camp, I mean, the, I like the scale of it, I think it's fun. Exactly, it's
3: eminently playable, it's not overly complex, but there's enough complexity to keep most war gamers satisfied and feel like there's things to challenge them and keep things interesting. Um, so it really, for me personally as a gamer, it hits a sweet spot in terms of it's not overly complex, but there's enough there to really keep me fascinated.
2: Now, were there were there cards in the game?
3: There are, yeah, and you know a lot of these are optional. Like some people don't play with the cards, but there there are cards, and um, so basically you play a card every turn, and it will there'll be an event on it, and the event will happen um, if possible, and then it'll also tell you what the movement allowance is for that turn. So your movement allowance is variable, and those cards can bring in things like there'll be like a Napoleon card where like he's got some like beefed up abilities that round, which represents his uh, charisma and ability as a leader to like um, inspire the troops to do something exceptional so there's like really flavorful events that can happen with those cards but they also kind of serve a very utilitarian purpose of regulating the movement rates per round also oh, um,
2: when you when you say regulating the movement rates so like infantry might move a certain number of hexes one turn and then yeah. a different number of hexes the next
3: absolutely yep it has it at the top but they've also i mean this kind of shows you the kind of thought that goes into these games they've also accepted the fact that a lot of gamers have been playing these games for 30 years or whatever they're not going to play with cards it's just not going to happen so they make it so you can either play with cards or without it doesn't change you know i play with cards personally because i enjoy them but you're still perfectly capable of playing the game without cards and you don't have to do any kind of thing you know you still have movement allowance on the counters themselves so you don't have to use the cards if you don't want to so
0: nice
3: yeah it's nice it's i mean it's it's a a thoughtful touch and the system's kind of full of that like uh a lot of thought goes into these games um what else is there to know about a game to make you, you know, help me out here? uh
2: uh what are you going to rate it 1 to 10
3: 10 duh
2: wow yeah this wow.
3: is like a system
2: beers sure. beers uh not lucas beers negative <laughs> negative 3
3: well, so so this is the thing. It's easy. Learn... This
2: is a pretty basic game.
0: Right?
3: Yeah, once you learn the system and there's lots of new stuff too that wasn't in the second edition. There's vedettes. The there's hidden movements, there's cards.
0: There's number. a lot of stuff going Give on. Give us a
3: number. You could I, honestly, man, if, if you know the rules, you could
2: you could drink a six pack no problem. Yeah. Good.
1: All right. Yeah. Well. So I don't think are you i really coming to... to Consum World next year.
3: I'm gonna try to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Well, I'll have the child then. So, so I'm trying to convince yeah. the girlfriend to come. I have a it.
1: seven month old.
3: Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll come teach him. We'll teach
1: games to him. Because you could teach it to me while we're
3: there. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And this is a game. It's a system that you know they're planned to have like 70 individual battles in the series. So it's kind of one where it, it, I think that it's worth the investment in learning the system and the rules because. They kind of have a flow of new games coming out that will kind of continue to give you new ways to study this era and battles that happen. Um,
1: Because something uh, in the rules just doesn't just doesn't do it for me. I don't know what it is. Oh, in this game? Yeah, yeah. I read the rules and tried to set it up, or I set it up and I tried to start playing, and it's just something in it just doesn't click for me. I, yeah, it takes
0: some I, cup playthroughs.
2: I have a feeling right now, and just so we can uh, mark this moment, uh, Jason right now is moving from Organ Grinder to Drunken Monkey <laughs> Oh, I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm ensconced. In- uh, I don't know
2: <laughs> if anyone is picking up on this. I am well
1: ensconced right. in
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's not the Organ Grinder. Like, episode, I just felt like he jumped, he jumped lanes. Okay. Yeah, switch lanes, switch trade places. Awesome. So it's an absolute buy and there's a bunch of games in the series.
3: Yeah, there's, and this is a thing everyone needs to know. Like, if you're not sure, if my ten rating didn't didn't sway you, um, I I know I recognize that these games are very expensive. They do have you can get what uh is it or Wagram or Wagram. Uh, Wagram. Wagram? Wagram. Wagram. Yeah, exactly. So that's a beautiful map, by the way. Worth it for the eleven dollars alone. I mean, mm. uh, it has the uh, the Danube is depicted, and it's. It's a really true thing of beauty, um, but it's only eleven dollars. Like I, I, I bought it for a buddy of mine in, up in Oregon. I just sent it to him. I was like, "Hey, dude, let's let's do this," you know.
2: Sure. So, uh, now, Lucas, is this one where you can buy earlier games in the system? They're still going to be compatible with the new rules. Absolutely, yeah, they all are. So, and right if you're now, interested?
1: 10... Download everything you can right now. Because yeah. Some of the stuff they put up, they take down. So exactly. Download all of the documents you can as soon as possible.
3: Yeah, because once they stop running that introductory promotion, you know, they'll pull them off. But right um, now, it's
2: like- And by the way, Napoleon and Leipzig right now is 20% off.
3: It is, yeah, through yeah. August 31st, yep. Yeah, they have four volumes right now. I have them all. I just pre-ordered the uh, Napoleon against Russia just because, I mean, it's just one of those systems that I've found, um gives me just the right amount of everything to really keep me interested and happy and it's a good time so i mean i don't know what more i can say about it other than i'm a very very big fan and everything about these games i might um, have a problem
2: i might have a problem yeah a problem. yeah yeah all right so uh jason have you played any games like face-to-face or in vassal recently
1: um no Okay. Uh, how I, about you, Lucas? On, on, yeah. <laughs> I have. On Vassal, I've been playing 1989
2: with Mike Haggerty. Dude, 89 is dope. I love that game. You guys are both in the Fantasy Football League.
1: Yeah. Imagine he, that. He, uh,
2: Jason, I'm a little jealous because Jason kind of has like a side affair with Mike. And uh, we're,
1: we're like he, BFFs.
2: He he wasn't going to join the Fantasy Football League until I took him to Haggerty. Until Haggerty's you said,
1: Mike Haggerty joined. I said, okay. <laughs> now I should. Because now I'll let my wife
2: draft me yeah. in fantasy football. Yeah. I'll so, get drunk
1: and she can make my picks. Yeah, so we don't
2: need to hear about 1989. That sounds boring. Um, no, that's yeah.
3: good.
2: You no, what
1: I was playing and that's it. I
3: played 1989 with my pregnant girlfriend and the baby like started kicking and freaking out. He loves gaming, man. That was his first okay. game.
2: All right, Lucas, what other games did you play?
3: I played Hammerless Scots with Braxton.
2: How'd that go?
3: You know what, man? Okay, I'm never giving pep talks to my opponents anymore. Because early on in the game, I was kicking his ass, and he got a little demoralized, and he was like, oh, dude, I I don't know what I can do. I was like, it's alright man, like, this game is like that, there's an ebb and a flow, you can come back. What side were you
1: playing? What? What side were you playing?
3: I was playing as a Scots. Okay. And I was like, dude, there's an ebb and a flow, like, you can come back from really bad odds, like, kinda in the back of my head being like, yeah, I'm kicking his ass, this is awesome.
2: And like, dude, he came back and fucking smashed me. Like, so he he failed his personal morale failure check (PMF). No, you and passed. You, you brought him back. I brought him back. I gave him a pep
3: talk, and then he fucking smashed me. You gave him a re-roll.
2: I did, man. No more pep talks.
3: But it's a great game. That he is a great never game. Never played it. And um, who's supposed to win? Is there one side is favored? Because I couldn't figure it out. I've lost as both.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I yeah, I'm with you. I I've won and lost as both.
3: Yeah. But Great it's it, yeah, we we played of the Scots. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a fun game. Um it's a bl- it's a block game for guys. It's a out. block game. Yeah, Columbia, um Jerry Taylor, I believe it was the first design. Mm-hmm. Um so there's a couple others that are like it, but it's just it's a, it's a neat it's it's simple, but there's a neat a, a, enough complexity that it keeps it interesting and there's enough asymmetry that you know, you 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 never really quite know what's gonna happen. So um, definitely highly recommended if people haven't played it. Um, Great fun. Yeah, yeah. And one one thing I liked about it is you're kind of looking at the board and that it's bright blue and bright red, and you can kind of just kind of visual as you're playing, you get this really tangible sense of how the game is moving and the momentum shift. Like you don't have to keep track of that. Like you just internalize it as you're playing. Um, and I think that's a very unique aspect of that game.
1: What about you,
2: Dave? Well, let's see. What, I, what have I played? I've been very busy. I have, uh, Tell I us played, all about it. I will. That's why I led into this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, played, I know how you operate. <laughs> I, played, I played Liberty Roads with Ralph. Nice. Uh, yeah. I surrendered in the game. Uh, I got to the point where I I've made too many risky decisions and my dice had been so terrible. As the Allies? They're, you were yeah, I was the Allies, and it would have taken me till like nineteen forty-seven, I think, to actually conquer Germany. So at some whatever point, it takes. but and Ralph wasn't really into playing World War II. He only played it because they hadn't made the hoplite module yet for Vassal. So we played a Vassal, and I just said, "Let's just close it down." So we shut it down. So How's played it some of you? played some Red Winter with Campbell. Uh, that's the one where I drank nothing and then proceeded to smoke Campbell's ass at that game. So sorry about that, Jason. Um, and then the other one I've been playing a lot of is uh Decision to Dust.
1: Oh nice lovely yeah. started with kit. John Allwood. Yes. And uh
2: So listeners, all, all good all you guys, guys all in the guild
1: work? understand Dave's kind of a shark at games. He's very good.
2: No he's gonna mm-hmm.
1: rope you into a vassal game, take advantage <laughs> I'm like Rick talking. <laughs> <laughs> and do really well. Just know that going in, that he's going to beat you, and that's okay, because he's fun to play with, and he's going to help you learn the game.
2: Jason feels like this because I beat him like a redheaded stepchild. At, East at
1: everything of... we play.
2: No. no you everything. beat me at Sekigahara. Because <laughs> okay. you cured
1: Tokugawa. Fair enough, yeah. But that's the uh, only game.
2: So, we... we Our John... Lines...
1: And I, I think it, John's Kingdom. last Heaven. name's John's last name's all good. You,
2: first of all, you won the fucking Kingdom of Heaven game. That's true. I don't even know what you're fucking talking about. As Rick was like, "Yeah, you just taught him the game as you could beat him. You then surprised me, the Leonard, <laughs> and won the game." So
1: I'm a good Muslim.
2: But yeah, so John is John Allgood. I think not all wood. No, it's John W. Allgood. Yeah, his wife calls him all wood, but yeah. his actual name is Allgood. So. <laughs> So, uh, John and I have been kind of exploring ASL Starter Kit. We, we both got Decision Delst and we've been playing. And, uh, the only reason I talk about this is because apparently some guys like hearing about the games that we play. Like, uh, they want to hear the details of how the games went. And so we were learning, neither of us really knew how to play. Uh, though apparently John had some ASL modules, so I'm not sure why he even owned those. But, so we got the Starter Kit, we got Decision Dels, and we were going to play it on Vassal. And the, the scenario we chose, was a bend in the road, like kind of as a, uh, like a trial for us to kind of try out the game and see how it worked and see if we could learn the system. So the game comes with a, a couple scenarios, but it's really a campaign game But we figured we'd try out one of the historical scenarios before we like tackled the campaign. So um, in bend in the road, basically I have like four Sherman tanks, maybe like 13 infantry squads, a couple machine guns, a mortar and then John had like, uh, maybe six SS squads or five SS squads with a heavy machine gun and then a panther. So when the, the, the whole goal is that the British basically have to attack and get enough firepower factors on a certain intersection. And if they get enough firepower factors with their infantry on the intersection at the end of six turns, they win. So in the beginning of the game, I tried to like kind of move along some buildings and John had like got his, his SS guys were all in these, these stone buildings defending themselves. And I had, I had, I had four Sherman tanks, one of them's a Firefly. And the Firefly was the, the basically the, the British Sherman that they put a really strong anti-tank gun in. I think it's called the 17 pounder. So it was known to be the one uh, Sherman that could kill German tanks. So I mean it was so famous that basically the German tank commanders were told when you see the the Brits or the Allies, always shoot the firefly first because they knew that was the one tank that could knock out their heavy armor. So I had my firefly kind of parked at the end of a road and then John drove his shirt his uh, Panther down, like knocked over like newsstands, vendor carts, like driving like a maniac. So really a vendor cart like like No, but I mean just he's like driving like crazy through this main road. And uh, and uh, I'm firing at him as he's moving with the Firefly. He skids to a stop. He needs like, the, the game uses 2d6. He needed like a 2 or a 3 to hit me at all. And rolled like a Snake Eyes 2 and smoked my Firefly in like the second round. So I was like, oh I'm really fucked now. Because once the Firefly's gone, The regular Shermans, they basically need to be like parked, stopped, and lined up behind a panther to shoot it and kill it because the armor is just too strong. So we played a couple more turns. I made a couple valiant advances with my Shermans. I finally figured out that one of the things I needed to do was to drop smoke on the panther. So John's uh, panther was still parked in the main street, and I used my mortar to drop smoke on it. And then uh, that way the smoke kind of obscures its line of sight. And then I tried to surround it with my Shermans at close range. John proceeded to drive around and, like, blow away every single uh, Sherman I had. Uh, anytime I had a shot that was good, I would either blow the penetration
1: roll <laughs> or not hit it. The what? Huh? The what? There's a penetration roll. <laughs> right. yeah. That's what she said.
2: She blew the, pen- she blew the penetration roll. <laughs> That's okay. So uh, so in the end, finally I figured out, though, in the north side of the map, there was all these grain fields and orchards. And, and while the grain and orchards don't block line of sight, they do hinder it. So you basically suffer like a, a penalty for each hex that you have to shoot through. So I ran a whole bunch of squads of, of British infantry on the north end to get a line of sight onto this intersection. So, in, in, like, the last turn, John finally took his tank up there, fired HE and machine guns at my British infantry to try to kill him. He wasn't successful. And then he moved, like, two squads and a machine gun across a road to try to, to shoot at them also. Last turn, uh, I had 24 firepower factors against this intersection. I only needed 16 to win. John uh, went to take a shot that was, like, on 2D6. He needed, like, it was, like, something like he needed like a 6 or a 7, and his roll was like a plus 5 to hit, and he rolled a snake eyes, hit one of my stacks of squads, I needed a nice. like 7 or less for 3 squads. If 2 passed, I'd be fine. All 3 failed, and I lost the game. <laughs> I went from 24 firepower factors on the intersection to 12, and I needed 16. So that was the end of the scenario. So it's kind of one of those things where... There's a bunch of roles and decisions you make during the game that are exciting. And in the end, in this game, it literally came down to the final role of the final turn to decide who's going to win the scenario. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we've are we been having fun with it. We've been playing a lot of this ASL starter kit. And uh, so we're getting ready. We're going to play the campaign now that we've practiced. You know, we've gotten used kind of... The, the, the one thing I'll say about ASL starter kit is the vehicles are like 85% of the rules. Yeah. I mean, really? like, the infantry is simple. The vehicles have a lot of complexity to it because there's a whole question of are you shooting while moving, are you stopped? or Like, there, there's a situation that can come up where it's the other guy's turning, he's going to fire at your vehicle. Well, if your vehicle stopped, if you stopped, then it's easier for him to hit you. If you never stopped, then you're considered in motion, then it's harder for him to hit you. But there's also something where if you think the guy's going to come drive up to you and shoot at you, you know, your tank's just not going to stand still while your opponent drives a tank all the way up to its rear and fires at it. You can then do, like, a motion status check to try to see if you can get your vehicle moving. And in motion, it makes it harder to hit. So there's a there's a lot to the rules, but they're fun. We've been kind of working our way through them. And I have to confess that after playing, I bought the ASL rules... And binder, sweet, and, and Beyond Valor, the Russian German. Need Beyond Valor. Yep. From Cool Stuff Inc. Those bastards, and they're hundred dollars or more free shipping.
1: It's a trap. Uncle. So I've got a hundred
2: and sixty dollar Cool Stuff order coming in for <laughs> ASL stuff. So. Wow. We'll That's it. That's me and ASL. Very nice. Hey, can we take a quick break? Sure. Sure. Cause my bladder's about to burst.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. Sherman that has just driven past four buildings that were trying to shoot it with Panzerfaust and the guys couldn't, they do a roll, they can't come up with their Panzerfaust. Yeah. So he's managed, they're like, the guy's at the wrong window, like the guy with the Panzerfaust is looking at the wrong side of the building <laughs> and then you literally drive adjacent to the Panther Try to turn and shoot it in the rear. You fail, and you're like, "Oh, that guy's gonna die—a horrible death." And then when the theaters turn, it sort of turns, it just blows the shit out of your tank.
0: No,
3: I think you, I think you, uh I think you conveyed that well. I think yeah. it came across. Yeah, it was very it's descriptive. Fun.
2: Yeah. No, I'm still
3: not going to buy it, but it sounds fun.
2: I'm I mean, it's it's, it. it's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> no, I mean it is. There's there's a shit, There's like 24 modifiers. Oh. Shoot. Okay. Yeah, so, there's a lot there.
3: I'm interested in it, but I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, I have conflict of heroes kind of scratch that scale itch.
2: Yeah.
3: I don't, I just don't know if I could get into it.
2: Well, I we're doing it, we're doing it for the campaign. We think the campaign would be fun. You buy units for the campaign.
3: Yeah. Well, that would actually be fun. Oh, so it's kind of like make your own campaign?
2: Yeah, the like- Else one, you, you pay points. Oh my goodness! And then you and roll you up the leaders. You don't know what kind of leaders you're going to get with it. That sounds cool. Yeah, that this sounds really cool. And then you have the chips that you put down, like attack chip or an idle. And then that, based on what chips each player puts down, that that decides how the units deploy on the map.
3: I see. That's way cool.
2: And you have deployment zones based on the, what buildings you, you've captured on the map. That's very so, cool. So, so it carries your,
3: over for like right. next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, you, know, GMA, you, know, right.
2: so you get a reward for capturing a building because your deployment zone now extends.
3: Okay.
2: I'll and then like the Germans have like the Germans have like one counterattack they can do where they can put all their guys out on the map instead of bringing them on. It's it's neat. It's pretty cool. Nice. Is Jason making another drink or something? I
3: hear him making noise.
2: I, I'm here. <laughs> oh, yes. We've hey, been recording nine, for
1: like five minutes. It's nine percent, oh, and it's
2: nine percent.
1: Hey, hey, have you, so been been, blue?
2: have you guys been following blue. this Ebola stuff?
1: No. Yeah.
2: I I thought it was interesting. Like, there was like no cure for Ebola until like a white doctor from America got it, and then they're like, oh well, there is this vaccine.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> like, there is this experimental vaccine we've been thinking about.
1: On my way to work, I, I, I drive past, like, ten strip clubs, and one of them on their billboard says, we're Ebola-free, come get a lap dance. Oh, <laughs> that
2: was yeah, nice. And, and, and this is the other thing I would say, like, okay, so, you know, if you're going to get on a plane you're thinking, oh, I'm feeling a little under the weather, you know, I'm not feeling well, my kid maybe got me sick, I'm going to fly anyway. If you've been working at, like, an Ebola clinic yeah. for like four months, yeah. you're thinking, yeah, man, I'm feeling kind of hot, I'm feeling a little flushed, Maybe you should like,
1: nah, it'll be all right.
2: wait a couple of weeks, but it's I really gotta get out. back to this wedding. <laughs> my, kid, my uncle's wedding. I'm like, dude, if you've been working at an Ebola clinic and you're feeling under the fucking weather, you need to stay in Liberia or wherever you are for like a couple extra weeks and make sure you don't have Ebola yeah. before you fly over. Like have they not seen these fucking movies that we all watch? How Outbreak, Contagion. Yeah. yeah, outbreak, World War Z, whatever these fucking things. I'm like, stay in Africa. Are you kidding me? So, I thought that was irresponsible.
1: Very much. So,
2: um, well, hey, just real quick too, I want to talk about OCS. I uh just, I just busted out my copy of Tunisia. Yes. Yes. I have had this game for years and never played it. Why? So, well, just because I have so many games, you know, it's just one of these. But I found out when I was looking through the game, they have a Casserine pass scenario that's only three turns. Yeah, you told me we were going to play that. Yeah, well, we will play it, and it, told it's you great. you we'll play it. We're going to
3: play it. Let's do this.
2: I put it on the game log. I, I oh, ran okay. through it, and, uh, man, I love it. Basically, the, the scenario is it's three turns, the Germans have to capture a certain city and exit two armored units off, off the map. But it's like, well, the Germans are vastly superior to the U.S., and the allies, it, it, the, the victory conditions are really difficult. So yeah. it's a great scenario for a new player to kind of play uh, the Germans and have fun fighting, but also get the feel for how you have to really pick right and make right to correct decisions to optimize your movement and make sure you're going as far as you can go. And it also, there were some great fights where, like, at one point, I think, I had, uh, like... The, the strength-force ratio was like 40 to 3 against the Germans. But in OCS, action ratings, which are basically like your quality, really matter. And the Germans had a 5 to 2 action rating advantage. So when you attack, the first thing you do is roll for surprise. And and that surprise roll is modified by the difference in action ratings. So the uh, the allies, high is good, low is bad... The Allies rolled a five for surprise because there's a three difference in action rating. Moved it down to a two, so the Germans got surprise in deck. So it's forty to three. So that's what, like, on the on the open chart, I think it was like a thirteen to one. But then you roll. So once once I get surprised, you you move it the number of columns equal to a single d six roll. So. It went from a 13-to-1, and it's not like 13-to-1, 12-to-1, 11-to-1. It's like 13-11, 9-7-5-3 in the open two. Yeah. So it moved it to a 3-to-1 roll from a 13-to-1. Wow. So now the U.S. is suddenly... It's almost like the, the recon guys, because they're good quality, ambushed the U.S. troops as they were coming in. And uh, so now you're on a 3-to-1 table, and the kicker is when you roll 2d6 for that combat, again... The difference in action ratings subtracted from your roll. So then the Germans rolled a, they rolled, no, they rolled a two for surprise, the U.S. rolled a two for surprise, and then in the combat they rolled a five for the combat, minus three for the difference in action ratings, the quality, moved it down to a snake eyes. And the U.S. ended up losing, uh, a step and having to retreat. So that whole action rating versus surprise thing really, uh, Makes a huge difference in the game. Makes it a lot of fun for the combat system. Like quality really matters. Like you really can gamble with your high quality guys, hoping they get surprise against the enemy, and then can mod. You can turn a two to one into a twelve to one based on what your surprise result was. So it was kind of cool. It was fun to play it again. I hadn't played OCS in a little while. I think Tunisia is great because it's kind of like a uh, mini version of Dac 2, which is pretty much you can't get Dac 2 anymore. Tunisia is also out of print, but at least the scenarios are much smaller. The scale is smaller, so I think it's worth it if guys can get it or or find it on eBay or whatever. It's kind of a way to try out the system. Though now there's Reluctant Enemies, so maybe that's not as big a deal anymore.
3: Yeah, Reluctant. I picked that up. I played. I need to. Um, I need to play around more with Reluctant Enemies. I I started. I was like following the 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 book that comes with it. You know what I mean? And it just it just uh following along. I was like, you know. It's just neat that they have this illustrated step-by-step guide, but I kind of would like to make my own decisions at this point. Yeah, I um, think. If in, we played, and not just follow along, you know? <laughs> I
2: think, I think if we played Kasserine, you'd really find it, uh, it's really gonna make you, it clear to you, like what you have to do. Yeah. And you're like, I gotta clear my supply lines, you're like... And so it's, it's, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And it's three, three turns. I've got to set up the whole thing, and I'm like, 58 turns? No. Jeez. I mean, yeah, three, yeah. three turns? Three yeah. turns?
1: Yeah. yeah, that's about right.
2: So And and the cool thing, too, is the way they model things is there's a, a whole interaction between, like, you might have a unit of German 88s that are be- better on defense, so they're going to be parentheses. So when you attack them, they add their combat strength, as opposed to the Americans have tank-destroyer battalions that are good at shooting at, uh, at armor. So they can actually be offensive, so they're not in parentheses, you know, So, and the different colors of the units tell you who has anti-tank effects against other guys, and it's just really great game, beautiful. And that's just combat. And then not even getting into the whole supply thing, which is the real strength of OCS, I think. Right, right. So OCS is double thumbs up. Tunisia, if you can get it, is great. And... Uh, Lucas and I play, we'll let you guys know how
3: Yeah, we're playing it. we got some on the calendar, too. I think uh, me and John are going to try and model through reluctant enemies, but you and I are going to play Kasserine Pass, I think. Well, if you guys want to play, I'm happy to
2: – I might come on to that. No referee?
3: No, I, I, I was hoping that, that someone who actually knows the rules could come on and kind of – I'm it. relatively
2: familiar. I'm not like a – like Kev Sharp has played a lot. Billy Boy, who's one of, in our guild, is a super expert. Billy yeah. Boy – plays a ton of, uh, Case Blue and Guderian's Blitzkrieg. I think Korali Yeah, Jim well. wrote
3: that really good article about yeah. it. The
2: fun in the, uh, was it, fun in the reaction phase? That was yeah. good. Yeah, he knows it well, so it's a, it, fantastic. It's just great to have a game that's, and, and while it, you might say, oh, this is, a, this is a complex game, the rules are really well written. They are. Cool. I
3: really enjoyed reading those rules. They were delightful. I like
2: them. So the key is just go through it step by step. The aircraft, you got aircraft, do the aircraft stuff. Then, you, And you know, in this game, like, the Germans can do hip shooting, so the, uh, the Allies can't. So that's, those are big differences. In, in what is a hip stuff.
3: shot? I can't figure out what the
2: fuck Hip shot! It. Hip shot is, is a hip It means you can do an aircraft attack during your movement phase. Okay. Where so is that come
3: from? What is that why what, what is Because I mean it's like shooting from the head. Right, shooting
2: right, the hip. right. It's like shooting. Like, is that like an like OCS thing? Because I Googled no, it's a, it's a, it. You can find no,
3: anything shots.
1: It's a gunfighter. Yeah. Shoot okay. from the head.
3: You
1: know. Like so is it like a
3: military term or is it like something they made up for OCM? It's a no,
1: but, it's a it's an English term. I don't
0: understand that.
2: What understand you what you'll learn, Lucas, is one of the things that's that's tough to understand initially is uh you know, you think movement combat, but the truth is the real uh, achievements are made with hip shots and overrunning during movement. Because right. overrunning gives you a much better chance of surprise. So, really good quality units will maybe not want to be in combat mode, but operations mode, where it gives them a lot of movement that they can burn on overruns. Because each overruns going to cost you 3 MP. Right, so right. You, you have that really good armored unit that's a 5-8. You flip it; it's a three-sixteen, but that sixteen gives you a ton of overruns you can do. So you can stack a bunch of those guys together and just bonsai through That's cool. I like it. So yeah, there's there's a definite like you would sit down like I'm not an expert, but you'd probably sit down with a guy like Billy Boy or uh, or Jim and be like, and they would just smoke you, oh They'd yeah, blow right through you before because they know That's all true. the ins and outs. Yeah. So great game, magnificent yeah. game. All right. So Jason, we're gonna save your, uh, Fire in the Lake review for last. Sure. Because I want you, uh, I want you good and monkeyed up. Nice by the and time toasty. You're ready to go. Yeah. So, uh, I, I wanted to do Battle for Stalingrad real quick. Three games? Well, I did Red Winter. Jesus Christ. That, that was a quick Christ. Red Winter. Okay, maybe I won't do it then. If go ahead. Wants to, uh, no, I mean, hey, it's say, your show. If people, if people don't want to know, I guess.
1: Oh, people want to know.
2: So, yeah, I mean, as usual, I'll just... We're
1: at an hour 45 already.
2: Hey, but well, who's keeping track? Some people...
1: Do we have, have a th- limit? Is there a limit? So,
2: no. No, some, but some people have said that we tend to go on
3: and on. You know what? There should be more... Re- if you have a review to give, you should give it. I agree. I was, I was hoping I'd have one by the sword as well, but um, it came on Friday and me and Braxton played on Thursday. I don't want to review a game I haven't played yet. It looks great. Looks great.
2: I also just think, hey, if you don't want to listen more, can't you like pause the fucking podcast? Like, or just, you have
1: to yeah, just unsubscribe.
2: We're, we're not forcing
1: you to listen. to
2: listen. We're listening to War Game Recon or whatever's out there. I don't even know what's out uh, there. So. No, the, are the
3: options shows. are much, much. They're much more unfavorable.
2: Well oh, hey, by the way, I was at the car wash this morning. I was going to do the drive-through car wash, and I'm pulling in, and uh, I'm like the third car back, and there's this guy up front. And he's like, they have like an attendant at the car wash now. We have a drive-through car wash, but there's a guy. If you pay extra money. He'll like wipe your car down and stuff. I guess. It's a homeless uh, guy. I don't know. He's like a teenager. He seemed like a teenager. Yeah, same difference. So (laughs) (laughs) he'll be homeless soon (laughs) enough. So so basically, uh, I'm the second car. I'm behind this other car, and this guy's being really slow. So the dude behind me honks at him. So I guess he thinks I'm honking at him. So he like looks at me and he like starts trying to like be extra slow. Like now he's gonna be a big dick because we're take. all waiting for this stupid you know, drive through yeah. car wash. You think it's gonna take like 20 minute. And you already paid for it at the fucking fuel pump, right? So you're fucked now because you're stuck in the line. Now I can't even back out. At, at some point I'd be like, fuck yeah. it, I'll just use my code later. But I have this other guy fucking behind me. So I'm looking at this guy like, I'm not even the fucking guy that haunted you, asshole. So this guy thinks he's being really smart. What he doesn't realize is as he gets back in his car, he pops his trunk.
1: Nice. It goes oh, through the Jesus car wash.
2: Awesome. So I'm like, and he's got all oh, this shit in his I'm like, ah, eh, fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, if you were cool, I would have said yeah. something to you. So this guy drives through the fucking drafty car wash with his trunk open. Oh, all his awesome. oh, fucking... Just tons of water, Almost and so dead, the yeah. fucking roller thing comes down and just <laughs> ramps right up the fucking whack, inside whack, of whack, his trunk lid. It's so great; I was that's laughing awesome. the entire time. Yeah, you should have seen him. It was hysterical. And then he spent so much time upset outside that I got like extra drying time on my car. You know how you want to? <laughs> <laughs> so, just saying, don't be, awesome. don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Hey,
1: be a dick. I think people. that's a, that's the life lesson.
2: I would have totally warned the guy. But I have never seen a roller... You know how the roller, they have the big roller... Well, it caught his fucking... It rolled all his shit that was in the trunk. Oh, that's He's, fucked up. It was awesome. That's awesome. So, I would have totally told him if he was not a big team, but, All right. Oh, okay, so, so let's do a review for Battle Stalingrad here. All right. What is it? This is Battle for Stalingrad by D. Wait, wait, G- wait,
3: wait, wait. Hey, Jason, oh. what's your birthday? Uh, It was a couple of weeks ago. It's not the same birthday as me. No. Happy birthday. Thank you. You're a Leo too? Yep. Okay, sorry Dave, go ahead.
2: Dude, that was, that was like four weights. That sounded like an emergency. I thought there was some kind of emergency.
3: No. No, that's, there's no emergency. Leo's gotta stick together,
2: man. That's right. All right, happy birthday, Jason. Thank you. (laughs) I don't, (laughs) does Jason even celebrate his own birthday? I don't, don't no. It's, it's a mystery.
1: No one knows what day it is. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy. No, nope, not, <laughs> not at all. It's
2: not very Leo of you.
1: Yeah, that's that's that, that's me in a nutshell. Not very Leo. <laughs> yeah, that probably says a lot about
2: the signs. Yeah. That, that you and Jason are the same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I do not think of two people
1: who are more different. <laughs> yeah, probably. So not battle, better or worse. Battle for, not battle, battle for Stalingrad. Battle
2: for Stalingrad by DVG Games. Okay. So this is like a card-based game. Okay. So there's no map. You have ten locations. Five are, are basically chosen randomly for the game. So five out of ten. There's ten location cards. Five of them will be the locations you fight over. Okay? Okay. Got you guys it. with me? Alright. So, uh, and basically the way that the board sets up is you have five locations. One side's German, one side's Soviet. Um, you have uh, basically like, I think it's like an occupation location. Oh, there's a control location. So oh, yeah. you have units that are either next to the locations or sort of are control locations, or you have perimeter locations, which are like an outer area. So each side has five zones, five control zones, one for each location, and then five perimeter locations, one for each uh, location. You got that? So you, you buy your units, uh, you you have force cards, uh, you have a certain number of points you can spend on force cards, and each uh, each each force you buy is like a division in the battle. So you might have like a Jaeger unit or an armored unit, and units have different abilities. Like some units are better when they attack, some units move for free, some units have more rations than other units, more starting rations.
1: How does movement work?
2: Okay, the way movement works is you've got three types of moves you can do. Uh, first of all, to move, unless you're the type of unit that moves for free, you have to pay a ration to move. And rations are generally like a supply marker. So they could be ammo or fuel or whatever you want so
1: to be. So is it a card from your hand or is it a separate marker?
2: It's a separate marker. Okay. So there's counters that mark okay. the, the counters mark uh, special oh, okay. medals or awards for units okay. or or rations or rubble. Counters will also mark rubble on locations as locations are fought over more, they tend to get more rubble on them, and that affects how they affect the game. Like Eventually, when a uh, location gets too much rubble, it will flip over and be destroyed. So the the idea is that if if you have a unit in a control location, and your opponent has nothing on his side of the control location, you control that location, and you get whatever rewards that gives you. Maybe rations or some special abilities. Like if you're in the tractor works, you might get more reinforcements. If two, if each side has a unit in the control zone of a the location, then it's disputed. It's considered uncontrolled. So, so basically, to control a location, you have to be the only side that has forces in that location. Um, when, you, when you move, you have to pay a ration. You can either move into a control zone, or you can maneuver your units around on the battlefield, either pulling them out from control zones or moving them into uncontrolled areas. So there's a couple different types of moves you can do. If you're going to do an
1: attack, you have to... uh, So can you move from card to card? If you're at card one and you see that you're not going to win it, can you move to the second card?
2: What you can do is, there's three types of moves you can do in the game. You can do a perimeter action, which means you can move one of your forces from any area to any of your perimeter areas. Okay. So you can move from a control area to a perimeter area, or from any of your perimeter areas, so that's basically like moving along your perimeter. The other the type of move you can do is advance. That's where you're going to move from your perimeter to the same location's control area. That, that's what you're going to do if the opponent controls the location. So if you're going to move into the tractor works and the Soviets control the tractor works, you have to be in the tractor work perimeter area and then advance into it. Okay. Okay? So, so if you were going to set up an assault for the tractor works and the Soviets controlled it and you're the Germans, you might move a unit from the airfield control area back to the perimeter sure. of the tractor works yep. and then pay another ration to move from the perimeter of the tractor works to the control area of the tractor works. So now you both have units in the tractor works. He has his unit and you have your unit. It's now uncontrolled. So now you can do what's called a control move you can move a unit from any perimeter or control area to the control area as long as it's uncontrolled. So once you put a unit in there to dispute control, now for one ration, any of your units from anywhere else can move there because the Soviets don't have absolute control over the area. Okay. You got that? Yep. Okay, so so the moves are some of the actions you can do. Uh, basically, in the beginning, you're going to draw rations for your guys you're going to, uh, draw, you're going to have cards in your hand. You can, uh, move, you can do attacks. Once you're in a control area of a uh, location, you can decide to do an attack. Attacks cost, cost one ration for each unit that's going to attack. And you guys have a combat value on them. So the, the key point is how the combat works is, uh, say your unit has a, a three combat. It does three damage to its opponent. If if the other guy has a unit there, he has to figure out how he's going to absorb those three hits on him. He can absorb them by retreating away. If he retreats back to the perimeter, that gets rid of two hits. He can get rid of them by spending rations. Rations also are like kind of like shields for hits. So if you have three rations on your unit that, that travel with the unit, uh for every hit that he takes you can expend a ration to try to get the guy to survive. If at the end of doing everything, you still don't have enough to absorb the final hit, the unit's destroyed. So if a unit takes one hit, it's gone. Hmm. So, but there's, there's ways to get rid of, of hits. You hmm. can, like I said, you can spend rations to do it. You can uh, retreat. Each unit that retreats absorbs two rations. So in a lot of cases, if a guy does a good attack on you, you might withdraw to your perimeter just so you can keep the units intact. And surrender the location to them. And then there's a bunch of cards in your hands you can play. Like some of the cards are like one of the cards is rubble. If there's two or more rubble on the on the particular hex, you can uh, uh, remove two of the hits automatically. So you have cards you can play. So when a combat starts, each side plays what they call event cards, and then then they go to firefight cards. Each card also has a modifier. It's going to modify uh, either your attack or your opponent's attack. And then finally, once you've played all your Firefight cards, from your hand, you flip a random card off the top of your deck. And that's going to be the final... It's basically the, the final die roll from the deck. Hmm. So just to give a simple example, I'm attacking with a two-combat unit. I'm going to do two hits on the other guy, if, if everything is all straight. I pay a ration, and because I'm attacking, I add a rubble to the location. 'Cause every time you attack you gotta rub. So I'm doing two hits on him. He doesn't want to take two hits. During my we say, okay, do we have any event cards we're gonna play? I say, yeah, my first one is Stuka Attack. It, and it's it's uh I, I basically I have no event cards on my play. So he says he says he's gonna play an event card. He's gonna play rubble. So he absorbs my two hits. So I'm I have a combat of two, I'm gonna do two on him, his rubble card gets rid of my two hits. So we have no more event cards. The only event card he played was Rubble. Now I say, well, I'm going to play as my firefight card, Stuka. It's a plus three. So now I'm adding three extra hits on him. So now he's got to figure out if he wants to survive with his unit, how he's going to get rid of those three hits. Sure. And he might have firefight cards in his hand that can get rid of those three hits. But the bottom line is he can't play any more event cards. So maybe he plays a minus one and then another minus one. So now he's down to... He's got a total of minus two, so I had three on him because of my Stuka. It's only going to do one on him because he's got two minus ones. So now he's going to rely to rely on the card flip finally to survive. And if he can get a minus one on his flip, then it'll take it away from my attack, and he'll survive. Or if it's left over, he might decide to retreat the unit so it doesn't die, because that'll eliminate an extra two.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Is that complicated? Does that seem?
1: No, it makes sense.
2: Are we too far along? In the podcast.
1: Crystal but. clear. Crystal I'm, clear. I'm, No, I'm following.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty simple game. Basically, you're gonna, when you fight combat, you you know in advance what your units are gonna do for combat. Uh, as far as what kind of damage they're gonna do. It gets down to where you want your units to survive the combat.
1: Does it so, feel like a war game
2: while you're playing it, it? it? Well, it does because you're fighting over these locations and the locations start getting battered and smashed as you're fighting them. Each time you attack a location, it builds rubble. So more and more rubble comes up. And then there's some cards, like one of the cards is uh, close-in fighting. When you play it, you get attacks equal to the number of rubble on the location. Mm. So if there's like five rubble on the location, suddenly your combat just increased by five. And there's cards the opponent can play to cancel your cards. So your opponent might be like close-in fighting. I don't fucking think so. Fog of War, cancel that card. Or there's, there's also cards your opponent can play like uh, sewer fighting. If you play Sewer Fighting, then your opponent might have a bunch of really great firefight cards he wants to play. Sewer Fighting says there's no firefight cards in this battle. So only your event cards count, and none of your firefight cards count for the fight. So it, it's a fun game. You draw cards at the end. Uh, you turn to rebuild your hand. Uh, the one interesting thing about it is the Germans have a little bit of an edge initially, but uh, the Soviets have like five or six cards that are called Operation Uranus cards. Control
1: yourself, <laughs> Okay. Control yourself. <laughs> okay. So I wasn't going to say anything.
2: So the, the, the Uranus cards, as you can mention, as you can imagine, are game breakers. <laughs> and the, the penetrating effect that these cards have on the game is, is really painful for the German players. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, they, they, they last, uh, basically they'll affect the way the rules play. So, uh, the, the, the Soviet player might have a card, like one of the Uranus cards, uh, and I think that there's some obligation when you play it to scream, Uranus! Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's one card, for example, that says the Soviet has to destroy one of its own units. But then the, the cost of that card that exists in the game is that whenever the German player wants to bring on a reinforcement, they have to pay double the cost, or like an extra cost. And the only way to get rid of that Uranus card is to destroy two of their own units. So the real game for the Soviet players is to get as many Operation Uranus cards in play, because the whole point was, while they're fighting over Stalingrad, Operation Uranus was kind of this operation that was trying to surround Stalingrad mm-hmm. on the outside of the city. So the German player can't ignore what's going on with Operation Uranus. He has to basically fight both both fronts. So, I thought the quality of the cards is great. I think the components are nice, and uh, I really liked the, uh, the way it plays. I think it's a perfect pub game. And I don't know if I'm doing a great job of explaining the way it plays. Is that clear, Jason? I always think it's—I always think
1: I'm doing a bad job of explaining. No, the I way think that. I think for the most part it makes sense.
2: Yeah. So basically, the idea is that if if your unit yeah. takes one hit, it dies. But there's ways you can reduce the hits your unit takes. And the ways are: if you retreat, you take two less. If you uh, if you have rations, you can burn rations to avoid hits. You might have cards that let you avoid hits. Some the hiccups. Yeah. That's embarrassing.
1: I know. <laughs> I was just thinking that.
2: So. Uh, <laughs> so.
1: Damn so, shame.
2: You, but there's also cards you can play as the attacker. Like there's, sometimes there's a card that says uh, there's a card called tanks. So if you play tanks on a combat. That means that, uh, as long as there's not too much rubble on the location, the Soviets can't reduce hits by retreat. So you can surprise your opponent and, and he'll think, oh, I'm going to easily clear this because I'll just retreat my guys out. And you're like, I don't think so because I'm playing fucking tanks on you, asshole. So, uh, and, and so it's kind of like your armored units caught him as he thought he was going to get away. So. And the locations are kind of cool. There's, there's, there's Pavlov's house. There's all, there's ten locations that you would expect in a solid right game: tractor factory or fields, and, and uh, some of them give you special abilities. But once they're destroyed, uh, very few of them give you more abilities. But so I say it's good. I I I love it as a pub game. I think it's great. Uh, I enjoyed it. I I would say it's, and it's, I uh, I'd say probably seven or eight. And beers wise, geez, well, Reed and I, I think proved that it's at least ten beers. So. Yeah. So that's it. Nice. Does it
3: have a counter with a weapon on it?
2: It has a bunch of pictures of tanks all over the cards. Each the cards all have like uh you know like nice art on them and, and summaries and and it's a very well designed game. I mean, there's not a lot of issues that come. Up. Of course, not, if you get a bunch of war games together; they're going to always have some kind of problem. I read the the questions on BGG and I'm like, seriously? Like yeah, you're yeah. yeah you're
1: kidding me. You there's know? always something.
2: It doesn't say that the German player can't deploy in the Soviet perimeter areas. So you're like, come on, dude. <laughs> so that's it. I like the game. I think it's worthwhile, and it's the first DVG game I've ever bought. And now I have had Hornet Leader. I think is that the Vietnam one? Hornet Leader?
1: No, that's Phantom Leader. Phantom, Phantom Leader, I
2: yeah. On an iPad. But
3: yeah, it's fun on the iPad. I like that game.
2: I, I you know I thought it was okay, but I think this game's way way more fun. I really enjoyed it. I I felt like you're fighting over Stalin. And it says it's the epic east front battle game. I think that's a little bit overstating. That's a bit it's much.
3: Like, let's There's nothing epic just,
2: about it. Yeah, we're fighting over Sovereign. Let's stick yeah. with what we're actually doing. Yeah.
3: Just take out epic and you got it, Both right? Cards. But I,
2: it, it is actually very hard, I think, for the Germans to win because as the Soviet player builds up the the anus cards and they start to get too strong, uh, yeah, you're getting reamed.
1: That makes every, sense, though. Yeah, yes. yeah,
2: too I mean, many, so many. too many, many cars, cars. They're, they're <laughs> making you their, you their bitch with all these. Uh, yeah.
1: oh yeah, that's thematic. Uh. That makes sense. That's
3: I, I think no, I think Jason's gonna be sober for his review of Fire in the Lake. Uh, at this point.
1: Yeah, the, the the chances of that are very unlikely. <laughs> is it my turn? Yeah, I think so. So I'm going to talk about Fire in the Lake. And my level of soberness is- Dude, good. I have
2: a shitload of questions for you about this game. Okay.
1: My level of soberness was planned. Um, my review of A Distant Plane was equally drunk, so we're legendary, gonna- make Legendary. Legendary. <laughs> we're gonna make Fire in the Lake just as drunk. Um, so I think my review of it is, it's a coin game that's about Vietnam. And that's it. Nice! Um, oh. it's um, <laughs> there's there's nothing else anyone needs to know about this game.
3: Ooh. So
1: oh,
3: that's good for me. I, I really it, right?
1: like the coin games. Um Andy and Abyss. I liked um He's not getting up this easy so No, no, I am gonna keep going. I I just I, I didn't play Cubele Ray, but I I've played it on Vassal, but I didn't really The designer's play. an awesome guy. Jeff Grossman. Great guy. Yeah, I think he might be communist, but that's okay.
2: He
0: might
3: be. Um, uh, just a in plain. I really yeah.
1: liked uh, Brian Train. Great designer, Volko. Great, great guy. Uh, Firing the lake though is just the the ultimate two marriages for me. It's the coin system with the Vietnam War. I'm sold. Um, it is right,
2: isn't it? The best one.
1: It's it's oh. really it's it's all I need.
2: I was like, fuck yes. Well, I got it. I got it delivered to my house the other day. I mean, dude, it even comes with fucking card protectors. What? Mine didn't. Mine came with card slips for
1: the cards. That's awesome. What? I'm like, fuck yes, You've got dude. that GMT in, apparently. Oh, maybe they knew I was one of the hosts. Yeah, for the probably. The combat. Yeah, probably. So, for people who don't know, the coin games, each turn, there's one card being displayed with the, with the next card being shown. Um, two of the four factions get to act on it uh, and that's it you're basically vying for basically victory points toward your victory conditions each each faction uh in each of the games there's four factions each faction has their own victory con- condition um so i mean that's really the the game that there's in fire in the lake there's two insurgent factions which are the NVA and the VC There's two counterinsurgent factions, which are the Arvin and the U.S. So that like the Arvin is vying basically just for control of, of spaces. The U.S. is vying for support for their war effort. Uh, and then the, the insurgent factions are going to be basically the opposite of that. The VC is just going for uh, opposition for the opposed, the, uh, the counterinsurgent. Factions, and then the 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 NBA is just going for control of South Vietnam.
2: Yeah, I, I just wanted to say something real quick too. Uh, I I played it. I set up the short game real quick. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really struck me about the game was how while you have erstwhile allies, mm-hmm. you know, the Arvin in the U.S. and the N.V. and the VC, they're not they're not fighting for the same. Judges.
1: No, not at all. And,
2: it was very cool to me how the Arvin would be like, "Hey, thanks for all that support. Now we're going to give it in patronage yep. to our local families yep. and, and high elites so that we can be supported because the Arvin is looking for regime security." Right. And the US wants national want support. support.
1: Yeah, they want yeah. people to be on board.
2: And, and basically in the, the, just solo game I was playing, the Arvin started to get a big lead in patronage, mm-hmm. which was a problem for the US, yeah. cause then the US was, when they would destroy, uh, when they would destroy, uh, VC or, or, NBA forces, would start pushing control over to the coin forces, and that would even help the Arvin more, so then the US motivation became like, do we want, we don't want to help them anymore. Yep. Cause they might win.
1: Yep. In my, in my last game of it, I was playing solo and, and the Arvin player got far out ahead. They were. Cause it's hard to reduce patronage once he builds it. Yes. But you can, you can reduce coin control. So the U.S. would, would airlift out of places, taking control away, you know, taking five control away and only adding two to some of their space. Um, kind of with that. That tug of war happening between the Arvin and and the U.S., which is fascinating in this game, um,
2: right? Because the U.S. doesn't really care as much about coin control
1: as they right. do about support. They just want support, yep.
2: And and then the whole tension between how many troops do we put out there because part of our VPs are based on mm-hmm. how many units how many we units are
1: available. Yep.
2: Yeah, it's great. And and, it was,
1: and what's great about this game is you can only do do that during. Coin rounds um, in a distant plane. You could do that at any time. You could surge troops in or out um, as as you saw fit. In uh, in Fire in the Lake, you can only do that during coin rounds. So you can you have to kind of plan ahead and say, okay, you know, I have about ten troops on the board that I'm not going to need. That's going to add ten points to my victory condition. Let me go ahead and pull those off now and, and try to gain support with what I already have on the board.
2: Um, And and it seems like a lot of cards, too, had uh, VC or NBA leads, mm -hmm. but VC and NBA have shit they have to do. So it seems like as a VC, NBA player, you're torn a lot of times between, I really want this event to happen, but i got to do
1: stuff. But there's stuff stuff on the board that I need to do. Yeah, I
2: need to do stuff. And I like how the police worked for the
1: Arvin. Mm -hmm. I uh, actually saw somebody on BoardGameGeek saying... What is the point of the Arvin police? I know, I
2: saw that and I'm like, have you played like, the game? Yeah. Like,
1: have you even read the rules? The, yeah. They clearly play a very straightforward role of occupying places. And even if you just play the short game scenario, it's, it's apparent just in the setup that, okay, there's a couple of cities that only have Arvin police. They're just there to, to, to occupy that place to To keep control of it, and it's just occupying for control, so that you keep those points. So for the Arvin player, you have to be aware of that. How to use your police to just gain control or keep control of places that you already have.
2: Hey hey, Lucas, are you typing some shit? Yes. yes. No, I'm not doing nothing. What the fuck? If you're gonna fucking type like the mad bomb, can (laughs) can you fucking (laughs) mute your mic for five seconds? No, it's not me. What are you you doing? Who's banging Who's away at the typewriter? Somebody. Oh. No, Lucas, a... is, Lucas is like writing the great American novels. We're trying to fucking knock out a podcast here.
1: Anyway. I have nothing to do with that. So, and the Lake is a great game. It's great. I, I gotta um, say, I'm amazed. So one the, thing I need to say about the game. is incredible. One thing I need to say about the game is one of the coup cards. So, the coup cards in this are different than the propaganda cards in the other games in that they have different effects. There's a fucking young Turk card in the game. I think yes. Volko might be, I think you might be a fan of the show. Are you serious? Shout out to Volko. What's up? Um, I know, <laughs> yes. I know hey, Mark Herman has it. other podcasts that he has to, you know, give his patronage to, but. but this, you know, is Volko, podcast, so this is his <laughs> podcast.
2: So so let me ask this about the Young Turk card because I did have this question. I saw somebody get on there and say basically that the Young Turk card meant that when you had key, you could only get two patronage for a move. But I just I thought it was you get an additional two. Uh
1: yeah, it's plus two.
2: Right, because it's it's the Arv- the yeah. the Republic of Vietnam is wagging the US. Yeah. They're like they're like yeah. taking advantage, like, oh thanks for all the supplies exactly. shits and yeah. they're funneling it to their own allies. Yep, so it's
3: plus two. Well, what does the Young Turk card look like? I want
2: to see a picture.
1: Probably get some Vietnamese. I, I can't show you over Skype, but um, yeah, it has some Vietnamese dudes on it. Uh,
2: yeah, I thought the game was, uh, when I, when I actually started playing it I, and, and learning, you know, like about line of communications and how mm-hmm. the, they can sabotage them and where the police can, I was, cause at first I was like, why would I put my guys on line of communications from VC or, or, Because you're taking resources
1: from the urban.
2: Right, because the U.S. can ride along the lines of communication. They can do the sweeps or whatever they do. And, uh, but then when I started to see how the coup phase worked and how it builds the economy and I was like, oh my God, the game is, it might be the perfect coin game.
1: It, yeah, everything in it completely makes sense. Um, as each faction, as you're playing everything Hmm. you're doing, it's historically accurate. It completely makes sense. Like playing Annie and Abyss, I really like that game, but I'm not. I don't have any affinity for any of those factions. Um, with Fire in the Lake, everyone kind of knows the factions that were involved in the Vietnam War. Everyone kind of knows what each faction was trying to do. Um, and like like you're talking about Dave, the erstwhile allies. So the Arvin. The player, tension between them is incredible. It's it's fascinating, and and a distant plane had that between the coin player and the 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 Afghan government player, but this has it between the U.S. and Arvin, and between the NVA and the VC. Right. The the NVA can just take over the VC troops. Right. They can completely just come in and take control. They don't care about opposition. Yeah, they subvert, they they infiltrate and just take over these spaces. It's Mm -hmm. just everything makes perfect sense. It's.
2: it's, Yeah, I I love, there was one card we played, or we played, we, me and my three alternate personalities. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, familiar. Where we flipped it and then the VC converted all these Arvin police into VC units. Like, Mm -hmm. I guess they managed to like subvert them or it was an event card and it's just like, yeah. any time where the, the Arvin it's, I think it's easy for initially for the Arvin to be uh, in the in the early game to be an advantage they can and jump danger out yep. and
0: sure.
2: then you have you have the incredible thing is you actually have the US player playing against the Arvin yep where they're like well no I'm not going to go
1: they have to cooperate all those... but at, at, at opposite odds right sure.
2: they're like I'm not going to go kill those VC guys mm-hmm. because I don't want to give you control over yep. those provinces yep. Because I'm worried I, I want to pacify them I don't want to give you control mm-hmm. you know and it was just great and there' and there's cool. like so then they operate in Saigon and desperately try to get but besides uh, training in Saigon or is it is it tra- how do they rally how do they reduce how do you reduce patronage because it seems like that's something that could get out of control.
1: It's um, it's one of the special activities for the U.S. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's a, it's a side advise. effect. Of, it's a side effect of, a, of one of their abilities. Yeah, yeah. They it's, could do it in Saigon mm-hmm. convert three patronage into like aid yep. or something like that, yep, which adds resources like, instead of victory
2: points. But I, I was kind of like, unless there's cards that I haven't read yet, I was concerned because it seems like if the South Vietnam can get their patronage too high, it can be hard to come back.
1: Yeah, but the, the it's one of those things. So this is the the, the game that I played during console world that the guys that I played with were bitching that it was it was unbalanced because as the NBA I sh- kind of swept in at the last minute and took over and I was completely poised for the right the right uh condition to occur for me to do this and they didn't fight it. So it's one of those things that as the U.S., if patronage for the Arvin get too high, you have to be aware of that and you have to have your eye on that. For the V.C., if the NBA is getting too powerful, you have to be aware of that. So it's definitely player dependent for the balance. Um, each player has to have their eyes on all of the other three players. Um, I do think it might be a little bit balanced toward the NBA, but... Um, their victory conditions are fairly low. They can right. kind of swoop in and, and gain that victory. But, I mean, historically, I think that's pretty accurate.
2: But again, that's the game, right? So you know that the NBA player has a more likely chance of winning. So right, so you need to watch pound it. on them so watch every it. chance you get. Yep. Right. Yep. Sure. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, we we both played a ton of, of Vietnam games. I think mm. we're both pretty well read on the period. I got to say, I think it's a. Uh, just the one of the maybe war game of the year. Yeah, Great it's, game.
1: yeah, it's it's definitely okay. up there for for Vietnam games for coin games. I I would say this is going to be at the top of the list. I mean, um, it grabs
2: it like and and I like the fact that you can do a uh, you can divide the cards up by period. Yeah. If you want to do kind okay. of a period
1: battle, honestly, that's the only way to do it. Only do the historical cards.
2: Or but if you want to just go for a wild ride. You can mix them up and see what happens, and uh, yeah, I thought it was powerful. Yeah.
1: It's it's a fascinating game. Every decision you're making means something. Um, I don't know.
2: It's like basically, if you're a guy who's read Bright Shining Lie,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and this is your game,
1: yeah, or Fire in the Lake, if you read Fire in the
2: Lake, this. If you spent, spent the time to read Bright Shining Lie, this is the game you have to own. So,
1: and, and that was kind of the of, whole conflict.
2: And the components are great. Yep. I mean, everything is great. It's just a, and I think the pre-order what was it's like 60 bucks.
1: I think it was. $60. Um. I think even less than that. 60 total, like 60 with shipping. I mean, you're getting your yeah. money's worth. Yeah. Four
2: player aids, uh, and, and there's a solo game. Yep. there's one to four players. players. Yep. Just yeah. incredible.
1: It's, yes, indeed. So for me, fun factor, nine, nine out of ten, Um, it's, Almost the perfect game. It's not quite, you know, the the Victory Games Vietnam game, but it's definitely playable. You could play this in an evening. Um, the short scenario is only twenty four cards, so, so, so that's do you a total 60, of forty eight
2: turns. Do you give sixty five to seventy five to ten? Say that again. Do you give Victory Games Vietnam ten?
1: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that the, the and that one is a war game. Yeah. Right, that's war. And I would say... I can't see where are going. They're, 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 both, they're both war games, yeah. but I'm saying... But it's more Hex
1: Encounter, just kind of straightforward. I mean, that's setting up fire bases. Yeah. And and um, you really have to know what you're doing. Fire mean, Lake you, is very playable. You could, right. you could bring anyone in and say, okay, if you know anything about the Vietnam War, here's the situation. Let's just get into it. Um, unlike other card-driven games... The events in this are are in your benefit. So like you play Twilight Struggle, you almost never take your own events. This, the events, all make sense. Most of them are a tough decision between taking the operations or taking the event. Um, I really like that decision point. Um, so yeah, back, back to what I was saying. So yes, the Victor Games Vietnam game is a 10 out of 10. Far in the Lakes, 9 out of 10. Great game. I don't see it ever leaving my collection. Um, beer Factor is it's still about a ten. I mean, there are oh, the true. once four, you
2: learn once you learn your side,
1: any I think side. you can play. I mean, it. The, yeah, those, but it, it, I always have
2: trouble jumping from side to side. Like I get that between I'm the
1: coin and the insurgents. Yeah, it's tough yeah. to
2: know like what they can do. I mean, it's sometimes tough to keep track of. But that player what can they do with
1: that tells That's you great. everything. Every everyone can do. It's, there are four thing four operations you can do, four special operations you can do, or special activities. I mean, everything is right there. It's not rules heavy. It's like 11, 12 pages of
2: rules. The one, the one thing I would caution though is it is tough sometimes when you're going to sit down and like you have a move or something happens, like you play a card, you need to use those little pawn tokens and make sure you're keeping track because. if everyone's going to shift in support, you need to make sure that you actively keep track of where, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if everyone's going to shift towards neutral, you have five provinces, put the pawns yeah, down, yeah, lay yeah. them out, and then do the, do the calculations, because you're going to be moving victory objectives, because it's a drag to have to come back later and try yeah. to figure out where sure. it's.
1: Yeah, and there is a lot of bookkeeping of, tallying, you know, control or support, whatever, one way or another. And um, for
2: patronage, there's no way to estimate because it's kind of an independent number.
1: Yeah. So you have to make sure you keep
2: accurate yeah, it's kind of, separate.
1: of that. Yeah. So it's and it does have, have go that... Go back and count it up. Yeah, it does have that, that kind of Euro game aspect of whoever knows the game best is probably going to win. Like, if you know how to... If you're most experienced with the game, you're probably going to have a better chance of winning. Um, I've played. You know what you have to do, right? It, like with
2: well, well, sometimes the disadvantage with these games is is if you have a particular player who has a role to play and he doesn't understand what his role. Is. Yeah, it can kind of he put he can the let down the team. team yep. you know? Yeah, yeah, that's team when you got to be on. like, hey, dude, you got to go after that guy. You yep. can't let him do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. As the Arvin, it's like okay. You're trying to get control. The NBA players trying to get control. You obviously need to pay more attention to that. Um, right, Lucas? So. Isn't that true?
3: What's that?
2: Yeah, like, not paying you're attention. Here I stand, and you're the <laughs> Holy Roman Empire. You shouldn't let the Turks just run all over the place and, and not. loot the entire Mediterranean. No, let the it's Turks the, do with it? And you shouldn't <laughs> leave it up to the papacy to just try to handle the end of your business. Yeah, I have messed that one up. <laughs>
1: So, what, did, what were your questions, Dave?
2: No, I, I think I, no, my, my general thing was, I, I just wanted, to, I think we just talked about it. We had, a, we had an actual Skype conversation about the game.
1: I think it's great. It's great.
2: I was blown away. Yeah. I mean, I kind of set it up. And just, I, I think I've, I've run through the first uh, coup phase. Mm-hmm. So, I did the first turn and then the coup phase, and uh, once I finished my Tunisia game, and Components-wise, the game is fucking top-notch, absolutely the best. And the way it plays, I mean, as far as uh, the U.S. worrying about how many troops are available, sometimes you want to deploy troops, but you don't. You have a limited number of units. Yeah. So you might want to put some irregulars out, or I thought the way the police worked. I I just thought the whole game, though. I didn't uh, play up the lines of communication maybe as much as I should have.
1: Yeah, the the insurgent player really needs to pay attention to that because they can they can take resources from the Arvin player, right? And, and take those those resources. Because in away. my
2: first crew phase, the Arvin player ended up with like fifty resources. Yeah, because I didn't go after the. Now I did have one city, Camon Bay, that unintentionally I had made uh, neutral as opposed to, as opposed to coin supported. Mm-hmm. So. That, that screwed up, that sabotaged the lines of communication around that city. But I should have been more aggressive probably about sabotaging. But then again, it's a question of well, which uh, op- which insurgent player wants to do that? Yep. Because you risk your forces on the, on the LOCs, so... Yeah, fascinating. I thought it kind of was better to sabotage the cities and get them out of coin control, because then the adjacent lines of communication would also be sabotaged. Yeah. Isn't that how it works?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right.
2: Now, you know what I mean? Like, if, like, you have Cameron Day and it's not coin controlled, when it comes to the economy, then the adjacent LOCs become mm-hmm. savage. Yeah.
1: I think so, right? Yeah, I, mean? I think so. But
2: yeah, it's, it's, and, and the playbook's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's just a full package.
1: And, and, and what they've done in this game that they didn't do in other games is each card, tells you what the event or what the text on the card actually means, which is, I think, huge. Oh, they go card by card. Yeah, yeah. they go card by card, tells you the order, um, and it tells you kind of tips and tricks on how to actually play that card, which is which is really nice.
2: So this is a game about a war, which makes it a war game.
1: Yep. Right? Um, I, I agree.
2: I would say if you're a guy who wants to fire artillery and do attacks... And, uh, the NBA zones. well yeah, I know, but if you want to get zones of control, this, this,
0: this,
2: this, yeah. this is a, this is what I would call, I, uh, this category, which is, this is a group game. So, there's four guys that are usually getting together to play the game. Similar to Here I Stand. there There's war in Here I Stand, but really it's about a bunch of players that are getting together to play the game. So, this game becomes more about the players and how they all play against each other or with yeah. each other. It's not really about the war as much. It's not about combat factors and odds. What about the events? But I think
1: to your point, Dave, that if you've read A Bright Shining Lie or if you've read A Fire in the Lake, those books are more about the politics than than the ground forces kind of going head to head. This is more about the the socio-economical, political events surrounding the Vietnam War.
2: I agree. I'm, I'm, basically, my point is just, if you are a... If you're a grog-tard. A, yeah, if you're a grog-tard, and <laughs> yeah, you this play a particular type of war game, Vietnam 65 to 75 is your game. Yeah. You are fighting, pursuing, rolling CRTs. But even that's, that's different not than
1: fun. other war games, so maybe that's not even the one.
2: But I'm just saying, yeah. Vietnam maybe not even, might not even be a good game for you, but, uh, good period for you, but if you're a grog-tard, You need, like, it's not a war game for you, but this is absolutely, like I said, bright, shining light. This is the Vietnam game. Yeah. You could play you can. It's incredible how balanced it feels. And, again, we're going to have to run this thing through its paces. We're going to have to play it, like, 40, 50 times.
1: Yeah, and I think it's going to get that.
2: This is the first one out of the coin series where I'm like, absolutely, I'm all in.
1: For sure. Because
2: this complaint, yeah, I I just wasn't that in on that one. Though I think that's the probably a great game too. This one for me is right in my wheelhouse. I love it. It's absolutely what I'm all about.
1: Yeah, for sure. Let's let's pause for a second. All
0: right. I'm back.
1: All right, cool. Yeah, I almost didn't make it. (laughs) What? (laughs) Almost tripped and fell. That was almost bad. Wow. Oh, did you almost puke? No, just, no. I almost, I <laughs> almost, I almost pissed myself.
2: Wow. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. recording. Are, we, are we recording now? We are. <laughs> okay. So, so real quick, I wanted to just say, uh, I, I get the conflict between the NVA and the VC, and that's always been part of these uh, Vietnam games. You know, the whole idea that, the uh, the VC is doing the fighting, but ultimately the NVA doesn't want the VC to compete with it mm-hmm. for political control, so it really wants to get rid of them, and that's the whole point of Tet. You know that they mm-hmm. they destroy the VC in Tet, and then, and then the in. NVA can decide how how Vietnam's gonna be. The beauty for me in Fire in the Lake is the way it it grabs hold of how the South Vietnamese government manipulated the U.S. You know, where they're like, the U.S. comes in and they're like, oh, well, here's all this aid. And they're like, oh, thanks for all the aid. We're going to, like, we have our own agenda. You know, we We're going to use here. this
1: to do what we want.
2: And there's that one card where there's uh, the whole thing where the monks are doing the self-immolation. Mm-hmm. And I think the one side is one way. The flip side for the Arvin is basically like uh, where the elites close ranks because they're they're shocked by this. And it actually improves patronage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's it. They grabbed it. Yep. I mean, when seeing that the way they they made the game, whoever who I don't know who's the developer or the designer or whatever Des- yeah, designers they, come
1: Vol- on. Volko working hey. de- and Mark Herman, Mike B, who you know from Concept World. Well, he's the developer. He's the developer. The developer. Yeah.
2: Who's the de- who's the developer? What?
3: It's Herman, dude. <laughs>
2: Who's the diviner?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: diviner? It's, a Mark Herman in Vols- it's the Oracle who we spoke to earlier about this podcast.
2: Oh. Uh, no, there's not Herman. a diviner. I thought there's a combination designer-developer, no?
1: Volco like and Mark Herman.
2: It's, it's yeah, it's Volko. And, and I think
3: it did, is it Nieto? Did he do the map? Is it the same kind of map as the other coin games? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the map style. Yeah.
2: It's okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's serviceable.
2: But whoever so, the the guy, the people who did it, absolutely nailed it, one hundred percent. So now I'm excited because I think if they make other ones, then they're going to nail those two. So how is Mark Turm going to make any other games? I'm not sure. No, yeah, probably so? not. No. He burned
1: out
3: <laughs> the, the thousand he it's had has. Probably fine. Yeah. So yeah, he's he have... retired. He's going to be banking. Oh, he's only doing games now. He just retired from his real job.
1: So Coin Games, they uh, upcoming, they have the the the. Gullick Wars game. Yeah. They have Liberty and Death,
2: yeah.
1: which is, uh, the U.S. Ah. Revolution. And then the, the Philippines in the 80s, which is going to be yeah.
2: fascinating. Famous Ken.
1: Yeah. Famous Ken. Yeah, Famous, yes, Famous Ken. Ken. I just
2: want
3: to see it in the Balkans and no one's making it, but that's that, that's the <coughs> thing I buy right now. I'd buy like 90s Balkan era coin game. <laughs> oh, you that's should just games.
1: buy where there's discord. That's, no. That's your game. No, that's no. A, Dude, that's it's the game great. For you. It's great for tailgating. It's
2: great. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like cornhole. You'll yeah. have cornhole, and then you'll have a giant. <clears throat> there's one There's discord game. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. You'll have just use floor tiles instead exactly. of counters. Use floor yep. tiles,
1: and then you just toss them across the board. Yeah, and there's hornets. It's a whole thing.
2: Yeah, I think you can catch on SEC tailgating. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, hey, speaking of uh, pre-ordering, since that's kind of what we're talking about, I want to yeah, OCS. Yeah, I, I have something on that. Yeah. Hey, Lucas, don't don't you ever interrupt me, ever. That is okay. so wrong. OCS Beyond the Rhine.
1: What's you know, a, a Rhine?
2: The Rhine River.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not the Rhine. Mm-hmm. But the key is this game has a eight or nine turn mini game for just the Battle of the Bulge and its own map. And it's on map, so just for that alone, that might be worth it. Is Imagine- that MMP? Pu- yeah. yeah, MMP, OCS title. Okay. So, so it's from Multiman Publishing, so right. I'm pretty
1: sure. Kurt Schilling has mouth cancer. Are wow. you serious? Oh, did you not see that? I well, I, I quit dipping after Tony Gwynn. so. Yeah, Kurt Schilling has mouth cancer.
2: Did he say no. it's because he's had too much oral
1: sex with women? <laughs> no, no, because- <laughs> Because of tobacco. No, oh, HPV. For? <laughs> they always blame the tobacco.
2: Why not of the HPV?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Blame HPV. That's what, like I, can, that's what, what I keep like, blaming. It, it's just
2: not as comfortable to be like, I blame Margaret Anderson, who clearly had HPV when I went down on her. <laughs> that's where I got mouse cancer from.
0: Wow.
2: <laughs> and Margaret Anderson's not a real person, yeah. Lucas, so don't get excited uh-huh. about <laughs> it. Hey Lucas, do you, know, do you have any idea how your life is going to change? Uh, I have. Uh, I hear it's magical.
3: For I the better. Yes. That it, it,
2: it, it, yeah. Is I magical know. a synonym for bad? I'm completely unprepared for this.
3: Strapping. Wow. I'm excited, I'm excited. Yeah. You guys have a nursery set up already? Yeah, it was my war game room. Now mm. it's his room. <laughs> I'm familiar.
0: <laughs> so,
3: I'm glad you think that's hilarious. <laughs>
1: Kids got a No, you know, I. I, feel your pain. I we have
3: a spare bedroom. It was just like a spare bedroom I used for wargaming, but yeah. So now, now we have a room for the kid. Yep. So It's you a mean, good thing we have can, a two-bedroom condo. You can
2: reserve rooms over at the local library too for two hours. That's yeah, so that they.
3: You use know, it. Not, we'll does, but Braxton's building a like a garage, legit wargaming room with lighting and like he's going all out. So what? fortunately, I have that option.
2: So I would say maintain your friendship with Braxton.
3: That's <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll be, but I mean, the, I hear babies don't take up much space until they're about like two or yeah. three. I
1: still yeah, still got... have plenty of time. Wow, you
2: yeah. are really in trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah, my wife and I are shopping for houses, and every time we look, like, oh yeah, I can put my my table here and my, <laughs> and my games here. But what about when the baby's boring? Like, well, we can cross that bridge when we come to it.
2: Oh, that's right. You <laughs> you have an incoming, incoming well,
1: potentially. Oh, Jason,
2: you don't, you don't.
1: I think my swimmers aren't performing quite up to snuff. Oh lord. Yeah. Let's, not go, let's not go
2: down this road. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> John just turned
2: the podcast off. Well, yeah, so I think, uh, so what's your general... So Fire
1: in the Lake is good. Fire in the Lake. Yeah. Sounds I good. think we like it. We've gone yeah. on
3: about it. I'm disappointed that I didn't pre-order it. Um, I feel like that's one I think I'm definitely going to pick out. I like the idea that the, the events on the cards are worth playing.
2: Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, it def- uh, uh, That's yeah, one that I'm interested in. Yeah, as a
1: Twilight sure. Struggle 1989 player. Yeah, you know, I
2: the rarely had an are... I rarely had an event that was not played. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And, I think that's an, an important. An, an and and did the did the previous events the the previous games have the uh, the faction event? Kind of like here I stand, where they no, have a so card. No,
1: so that's something I wanted to mention. So each faction in this, if you don't play the short scenario, has their. Their own event that they can play that trumps whatever card comes out, um, like Tet Offensive.
2: Right, so
1: so the VC can play the Tet Offensive to do a a major event right before you know something else, which which is nice. MS MS New to the like
2: so you know how that works, right, Lucas, with the Hero Stand. Each side has like its card, like
1: their their
2: Their their home card, card, their their home card. Well, this is like a one once a game card. Oh, nice! You
3: get to you get it one one time, one time use,
1: and it trumps something else. Yeah, that's cool.
3: Yeah, I like which that. Is
1: nice. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get this one. I'm gonna have to definitely get this. Yeah, one. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think that was more concise than my just a plain review, which is all. Well, I, I thought going
3: you were to. just gonna drop the mic after it's
1: well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's coin, it's Vietnam. it's Vietnam. I've said boom. Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. but
2: I, I think that doesn't do it. I mean the game is really good. And so I'm not more. and I'm somebody who's usually pretty critical, I think, but but uh I thought the game was really awesome. It's nice. So yeah. So So, uh, so go so buy uh, it
1: and Mike Berdichelli well, listener, guild member is the developer. Yeah. great guy. Well we get still paid for our copies, so Yes, we all did. Yeah. I don't know how that keeps happening, but but we keep paying for shit.
2: So, Lucas, are you going to the October uh, GMT?
3: Thing? I'm not. I'm having a baby. My girlfriends do. Like, like you said November. Like, yeah, same but difference. that's like the same, like she could deliver early. Uh, so like, you know how spoke. you got in trouble for being there for your daughter's birthday? Like on know? the day of
2: my daughter's birthday? Yeah.
3: the birth of my firstborn son because I was at a gaming convention. Like, this is one thing. Like Otherwise, I would be there. But, yeah, I'm not
2: going to be there. I'm sorry, so that's the one thing? Yeah. Are you yeah, guys, My, my I, girlfriend's
3: here. She said I would kill you. She's are you guys going to get saying, married, or are you guys both kind of cool about that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think we're going to do that, yeah. Yeah.
2: Are you guys going to get married in a Catholic church, big formal ceremony?
1: No, no. Oh. come yeah. on. I got married in my living room. Did you really? Oh,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's the way to
2: do it. Here's what I would say. Is your girlfriend still in the same room?
3: Yeah, she's still in the same
2: You have headphones on? I do. So she can't hear what I'm saying? No. There's some fights that are worth having.
0: <laughs>
2: okay? So, I would say, guys make the mistake sometimes of thinking that, uh, it's all about compromise. But sometimes, it's worthwhile mm-hmm. to draw a line and say, this is the line. Yeah, Pick your battles though. Right. You gotta pick them. But you can't be a guy that always gives in on everything. No, so. no. I'm just saying because you're already canceling GMT West, so I'm kind of concerned. So. <laughs> Are you serious? slippery for, for slope, buddy. <laughs> that's
3: like a pretty good reason, dude. Yeah. What, that your
2: kid's gonna be born in a month. <laughs> how like how far away time. is the convention from your house? It's like four, four or five hours. Braxton uh. <laughs> so drove back for a wedding. He'd drive you back for a birth. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's gonna lose the keys.
1: Are you going, Dave?
2: I am not going.
1: There. Yeah.
2: Oh then why are you giving me yeah. shit? Why are you? Because I already went to two. I went who I'm sorry, ahead. did you go to Consum World? To
3: with us? Did no,
2: you didn't. go to Consum World, Lucas? Oh no. So I don't want to hear any shit. I did Consum World and I did the Spring one. In the future I will only do the fall one. I'm I can not do the spring one anymore. Yeah. But yeah. uh, the too birthday much. thing was too much.
3: Yeah, you you burned all your
1: capital. Yeah, you I played um, one card.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. That didn't work. So. so I'll be at Consum World next year and I should be at the fall Consum World. Or the the fall GMT. This year? Ne- this year or next year? Next year.
2: Ah. Next year I'll be there for sure. This
1: year we're buying a house. So I'll be moving that weekend.
2: See? See how un- we un- Unacceptable.
1: I know. That's, yeah. a, that's a bullshit excuse. That is a bullshit excuse. Well, again, I know which fights to, to pick. <laughs>
2: Uh, so I'm looking down through my notes. We got anything else we gotta cover?
3: Pre- pre-orders, we were talking about pre-orders, but you said I can't interrupt, so I've been patiently waiting. Oh, okay, pre-orders, business. there we go. Okay, so um pre-orders, the things that are high on my radar, um Toulon, uh, by mm. Legion Games. Okay. I know that one.
1: Friends of the yeah, Show.
3: Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. And I know he's like 17 away, so, I mean, check it out, like, if you're listening and you're like, huh, that sounds interesting to me um because i know they're just a couple away from getting getting to that number the guy the guy's a nice guy and it, it's a really interesting ah. game that no one's actually done before which is surprising mm-hmm. since that was kind of the one of the pivoting points of napoleon's career so you guys sure.
2: thinking like a big long boring siege why would I it with that game?
0: <laughs>
3: i no just look at the map sold it looks great so <gasps> looks maybe brilliant. one
1: time we can get uh we can get Enri- enrico on the podcast cuz he he enjoys playing it for the he played it
3: yeah, yeah. that's right
2: isn't Enrico like right now a BGG fugitive?
3: Yeah, on, <laughs> it's on the land. On the land. The yeah.
1: He's been silenced. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: he still posts. He still posts occasionally in the guild, so I know he's still around. Yeah, um, much so love, t- Chulon, um I'm also. I mean, the Napoleon against Russia. Of course, I already talked about OSG. Um, uh, Salerno is coming out. That's an inter- another interesting one. It has a is really
2: VCS. Nice. Is that VCS?
3: Yeah, it's the first the first game in the series for VCS. Um, I pr- I read the rules and, and they click. They're they're interesting. Um, pretty simple rules, but again, rules always make sense until I try to start playing something and then what, I'm, is,
1: what is VCS? The,
3: variable Combat Series. So it's gonna be a new line from MMP. Um, I know that slanner's coming out. They have a couple other. R8. Oh, it's Solano. It's yeah. Um, so that that's another one I'm looking forward to. Um, well,
2: and real quick, Lucas, you, yeah. your your bird thing you goes <laughs> off every hour. Or <laughs> when? Every hour.
1: a bird. So Does it's it's four p.m. Western time for everyone. Yeah, listening. I think that's a
3: thrush. I think four o'clock is a thrush. I sounded like a thrush. And,
2: and, and the purpose is so you can recognize
3: the bird call. No, because it's cool ass birds like making bird sounds every hour. That's awesome. Like that's the point.
0: All
3: right. Come on, man. Just check. Just check. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. It's got a night sensor, so if it's nighttime, it doesn't go off. It knows whether or not yeah. it
1: sounds beautiful. Cool ass. Cool ass. Is your girlfriend?
2: Your girlfriend must be really wonderful. Is she
1: woman. also an or- ornithologist? She's not. She's
3: very accepting of both my wargaming and birding.
1: She, she's a hell of a is lady. It,
2: and it, and that's it, right? Those are the only two weird hobbies you have.
1: And sneaker s- collecting and sneaker and, it, and selling cars and
3: and well, no, that's a previous hobby. <laughs> that was never a hobby, I think. Yeah, it was just a vocation. Pre-orders. <laughs> um, Pre-orders. Anything else? Pre-orders. Anything else? Uh, I, I think I, I know that Atlanta is getting play tested right now for the next, next great campaigns. Um, I don't even think that's on pre-order yet. Hotland. Um, Maori Wars. Uh, I'm excited about. That's another also Legion. Leader. Yeah, yeah, that
2: looks great. Um, that seems Manchester, like that's gonna be forever coming out. Yeah, it might be. Legion games are like. They're like feel like they're years away. They do, and they and
3: in and, uh, India, Pakistan, the next uh, next war game. I have. Oh that. yeah, we know that
2: for Mitch. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm excited about that one. It looks like they're taking shots at each other right now. I was just reading the paper this morning, and I was like,
2: I told oh, my girlfriend, "Like, oh, nice. hey,
3: <laughs> this is
2: happening." And, You're yeah. like, "This is going to be going on in our bedroom <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> a year
3: from now." So we need to get that one moving, Mitch. Come on, man. They're they're doing it. So um. Yeah. I, I don't know if those. I think those are. Oh, the the Battle of Dresden. Um, that's another yes. one I'm excited about. Uh, but those are. That's kind of like the the big takeaways on on my radar
2: for. for yeah, Dresden. That's like the uh, kind of pre battle to Leipzig. Isn't that the one that goes on before Leipzig? It is. You're correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm, and, I'm all over that. Yeah. Absolutely. And and, and so Jim Carolly, if you're out there, buddy, I know we got a Bras game. Quattrobra. Bra, bra game going. But uh. Dude, too many games right now, but we'll get on it as soon as possible.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, that covers pre-orders for me. Those are the those are the ones I'm excited about. I think.
2: What about you,
1: Jace? Uh, fills and fi- fills the fire one and two.
2: Oh yeah, the old breed. Make so, like, that shit happen. Damn. Yeah, That thing's another one that's been dragging. Yeah,
1: well, that'll be sometime next year.
2: Jesus. Yeah. Because I feel like I've had that on pre-orders. It it made the cut like so long ago.
1: Yep. They keep pushing it out, pushing it out. And that's pretty much it for me. I'm just waiting on those, and then whatever coin goodness they put out. Balkans, come on, GMT, Balkans, let's do that. So,
2: them. so Lucas, what's the next gaming convention you're gonna go to?
3: I- I'm gonna go to uh, one next week. Actually, there's I guess there's one called Pacificon, and <sighs> I war
2: gaming convention.
3: Hey, is it not working? I don't, I don't know. know. A gaming room or office or some kind of table. <laughs> but room. I thought it,
2: I thought it was weird that Rob Rob was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to that. I've got a game day that day. I'm yeah, it like, <laughs> day. Can't you get the game day at the convention. North yeah. Bay represent.
3: <laughs> yeah, so go to that. That's the only thing in the near future. Um, I'm. I'm so you're gonna go to
2: John. You're gonna see John. John there.
3: I hope so. John's awesome. Yeah, you got to arm wrestle him. I I don't think I could beat him in an arm wrestle. Yeah, probably not.
2: I think you guys should arm wrestle. See who wins.
1: Video
3: it. I'm pretty strong, surprisingly. But
2: no, mean that's what I'm saying. You have like wiry strength.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: I've been swimming a lot in the ocean, so I'm like, I'm up, I'm, a, I'm in good shape right
2: now. All right, John. So you, do, you don't do think it. you'd beat John? I, mean, I think you'd be
3: him. I might be able to. I Is have it? a lot of morale too. There you
2: go. Right, enthusiasm. Elon. It's
3: all about Elon. Yeah. yeah. All those exclamation yeah. points don't come from from nothing. So, yeah. so what do you what are you plan on playing? Smiley do face up? emoticon. Exactly. No, no, just exclamation points. and Caps. Caps are my smiley face. All, all I think things. we're going to play One by the Sword. Um, that's a new one that just came out from GMT from Ben Holt. Designer of Musket and Pike Battle Series Operational. Point to Point. Game about the 30 Years War. That, I think we're going to play... It's but Point I to Point. Really- yeah, it's Point to Point. Mm. Card card based. I'm not sure it's card driven. Mm. Um, I'm still kind of prepping it up but I haven't played it yet. I read the rules but I forgot them all. Um, and then I think we're going to bring that. If we don't play that, we're going to play um, either another game of Hammer of the Scots or Warriors of God. So it's kind of the plan for this weekend. You're going to
2: wear jeans and shoes? Duh. I'm going to match my shoes to my dice. Don't wear shorts or sandals. I is- are are our
1: shorts a faux pas?
2: No, Here, this is my concern. When you're at a convention, <laughs> if you're going to the bathrooms... Oh. Have you ever been in the bathrooms? You walk in there, you're wearing like flip flops and you have shorts, and you walk in, and there's somebody next to you, and he's using. Dude, first of all, let me say, has, has <laughs> the, have the urinals? Have urinals even been designed to work properly? No, no. never, no, never, no, ever, never, horses. not once.
3: I didn't use the urinal because it would splash on you. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. So I when like you're me. you're about to sit up at the urinal, and you're wearing shorts and flip flops. I'm sitting there at the urinal. Thank and you and so much there,
1: for bringing this up.
2: If there's not like a fucking dividing wall between us, I'm like, dude, yeah. if I feel even a single splash on my yeah. foot, I am gonna run, I'm gonna club you and run screaming out of
1: the fucking bathroom. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. but then you think about like, well do my jeans
1: just absorb all the Yes, this? they do, that's what they're for. Pants are, are there to sop. Like, they don't, they don't work, fucking urinals don't work.
3: Urinals are awful, unless they're the well-designed ones, but most of them out there
1: splash urine on you. Yeah. Are, are you wall-peeing, or are you down into the, well, some into them have the that cake? Little do you key. pee on the key? Well, some a of
2: them, oh. Liverpool, they said Liverpool invented one where they had a fly on it.
1: Yeah, but oh, no, still, it still splashes.
2: Like, but, but the fly was printed on the urinal,
1: Yeah. yeah so guys
2: would pee at the fly. But it still splashes.
1: That, we have those at work. We have well, they, the fa- P, they P. found
2: that it reduces splash, but, dude, no, it's, it's, it's it's fucking disgusting. Yeah, and it's
1: Just pee in the toilet, man.
2: When I'm there, I'm like, like, when I, I noticed it when i went in the console world, I'm like, if I swear, if I feel a fucking single dot of P on my foot, I'm going to fucking go crazy, because <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. Yeah, so, it's not a good yeah.
3: look. Not fair. No. Just don't wear flip-flops. Problem solved. Mm,
2: no. Yeah, but then, I'm always gonna work shoes. You're gonna let your fancy shoe? You have all these fancy, expensive shoes. Oh hell no! I'm not using the urinal man. No way. Well, no. all you got to know is that right, right one you have—it's urine soaked. Yeah. I'm not paying. I'm not paying as much for that shoe. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: what else do you guys have coming up? Anything? I'm going to Las um, Vegas next
3: weekend.
2: What? What's Las
1: Vegas? Ah, uh, just because. What hotel? Oh, we're actually staying with family. My wife's sister lives there.
2: Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, you have to deal with all
1: the hotel tel- yeah, situation. So I'm bringing Vegas, the games and bringing the wine. Are you, have
2: are you going to the casinos at all?
1: Yeah, probably not. I don't gamble. I just drink. I might go yeah. play poker and yeah, have whiskey.
2: Though though uh Vegas does have the hottest prostitutes out of any city. <laughs>
1: yeah? <laughs> Yeah, much, much better than the prostitutes here.
2: No, they look like regular women. Yeah. That's the whole trick. Cause all the guys from the Midwest are like, oh wow, this girl's really fascinated with This girl likes me a lot. Yeah, she seems really cute. And then like, you I get up was... the room.
1: Yeah, the hookers <laughs> here in Phoenix are not, uh, not anything to write home
2: about. Really? Yeah. I didn't experience not that that I the know.
1: concept world.
2: They weren't really working the concept world convention <laughs> so much.
1: Yeah. For some reason.
2: Well man, that's all I got, boys. I
1: think that's it.
3: That's
2: Lucas, a, I think you have this anything might you wanna
3: po- ever. Longest oh episode boy. ever. Hey episode Lucas, by
2: the way, congratulations yeah. on your new boy. Hey, Come it's in. very
3: exciting. God bless. Thank you. Best of- You're
2: about to grow up, buddy. You're about to grow up.
1: I think
2: he might have cut out. Lucas just disconnect or what?
1: Maybe. <laughs> yeah I think you said fuck you guys I'm going home <laughs> alright man take it easy alright you too alright bye. bye
2: visit us at, <laughs> at <whistles> http colon slash slash bardgamegeek.com slash build slash 1660 or contact us at advance at gmail.com so that us like
3: why you trying to get me drunk